Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We call it the best hours of your sports week. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, 12 Kyle. Again, this is Dead End Sports. We've got a lot to talk about, but before we get started, let me remind you, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you download, subscribe, and pass the word about the best uh, sports podcast out there, Dead End Sports. You can find it anywhere where you can get podcasts for free, so there's no reason not to subscribe. Uh, like I said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got Super Bowl talk. We got a lot of NBA talk. And of course, we always close it out with one guy to go. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about. So I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me first up is my man FIFO. FIFO, what up, man? Yo, 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 what it do, Kyle? Chilling, chilling. What's good, brother? I'm just glad to be home. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Also joining us is the homie Ken. Ken, what up, Playboy? What up, Kyle? Chilling, chilling. What's good? What's good? Nothing, man. Uh, got the youngin in there watching Black Lightning. Uh, <laughs> you know, because he'd be in there watching them white kids on YouTube running around with uh, Nerf guns shooting at each other. I'm like, boy, you can't do that. You, right. you need to get in and watch this Black Lightning <laughs> so you can see what it's really like. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get him <laughs> any any false ideas. Yeah, don't get it twisted. That is I not reality. Right. Not for you. I, also joining us, uh, the, the homie Beasy will be through in just a few minutes. Uh, but joining us, man, special co-host. Uh, you, if you've been rocking with us for a while, man, you know this guy. Uh, he is uh, uh, <laughs> a huge Philadelphia fan, all sports. Uh, Q to six, man. Well, shall I say? World champion Q six man Q, what up, man? Hey, what's up, y'all, man? I'm living life, living so good How right now. How you feeling, now. brother? How you feeling? I feel validated, and I'm gonna get into that later. But I just feel good right now, man. I know that's right. I know that's right. I ain't mad at you. So let's start right there, man. Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles win their first Super Bowl. Uh, they are now Super Bowl and world champions. Uh, their win actually makes the NFC East the only division in football where every participant has at least one Super Bowl ring. Um, <clears throat> so let's start right there, man. Uh, let's. I guess we should, probably should start with just our overall thoughts on the game. Um, FIFO, man, what were your overall thoughts on, on the Super Bowl? Man, look, I'm going to start off the podcast just like this. Fuck Tom Brady, man. <laughs> the same way he started off last week's podcast. <laughs> you know, but nah, man, look, look, look. I'm glad somebody else finally won it. And, you know, I saw this post on IG that said, um, you know, uh, Falcons and Eagles are birds, so we cousins, so that means we won too, right? Rise up. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just I feel good that Tom Brady didn't take down the Eagles. I'll tell you that much. But I was spooked, man. I was spooked. I think it was it was an amazing game. The NFL couldn't have scripted any better. Um, the most yards ever in any NFL game ever, mm. right? I think they only punted one time. Yeah. Um, you had the dramatics. You know, at one point in the game, the difference was Tom Brady missing the catch versus uh, Foles catching the touchdown. That was kind of crazy. Um, and, and then just the, the balls to call that. Mm. Fourth and goal. And you run a double reverse with a, with a touchdown pass to the quarterback, you know, just the goal. Oh man, um, <clears throat> you know Tom Brady didn't didn't disappoint. Uh, he 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 did, he he did enough to win the game. He did enough 
like he did in every other Super Bowl win that he's had. So, you know, you can't really put it on Tom Brady. Obviously, the the, the Malcolm Butler, or is it Chad Butler? Malcolm Butler, you're right. Malcolm Butler, you know, him uh, getting getting benched uh, before before the game, like right before the national anthem. You know, that's – I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that's about, and hopefully we'll get into it, you know. So I'm not, I'm not gonna dive too far into it right now, but um, I think overall, man, it was it was an exciting game. Again, the NFL could have scripted it better. Um, it, it just shows what the Eagles have been able to do in a short amount of time. Uh, when when your organization knows what it wants to do and how it wants to do it, uh, obviously all you need to do is draft the quarterback, and, and and I think that they drafted their 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 quarterback of the future and for right now. So we'll, we'll see uh, what Wentz looks like when he gets back. Um, but if he, if he, if he could just maintain and continue to progress, man, with the weapons and everything that they got on that squad, man, they, they, they can actually win some Super Bowls uh, with an S. But the big but is injury. And we mm. know that the NFL, that's, that's a key part of the game. Like you're going to lose players. So the next man up, how deep are they? You know, so we'll see. But uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, it. It exceeded all of my expectations. True indeed. True indeed. Uh, Ken, what about you, man? Um, your, your overall thought, before we start breaking it down, what were your overall thoughts on this game, man? Um, Man, there's so much to get into. <laughs> um, and, but, and we know you have profile <laughs> thoughts because we, we saw your, uh, your man. Instagram. <laughs> Bruh, <laughs> so much, so much to say, especially after listening to the pundits over the last two days. But um, I, I'll condense my thoughts to, to this. Just sitting there watching the game, uh, very neutral. Um, over at my, my, my in-law's house, you know, we had uh, my mother-in-law came came to the crib. She, she grilled, so we had some barbecues, some. Okay. Mac and cheese. So we were just kind of chilling. It wasn't a Super Bowl party. Everybody there, it was, it was really nobody there but family, honestly, just football uh, fans. And um, so it was like three of us, right? <laughs> so we're sitting there, you know, watching the game, and we were like, we didn't even want to watch it. Like, that was the feeling around the world, especially, in you know, in black America for most of the ones that I talked to. <laughs> that nobody wanted to watch it, but you know we we just sat there. We just like we're just we're just watching. We know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be some BS. My father in law, he was like, man, they they already set us up because they let To into the Hall of Fame, so they done gave us one. <laughs> I love <laughs> he said, it. He said so they gave us To and Randy Moss, so, so to make oh, us feel good. So they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get us later on in the game first quarter he called he was like man he said watch they're trying to get brady's numbers up they're passing on just about every down they're trying to get his numbers up to make him mvp and throughout the game you know we all just sat there and we held each other accountable kyle fifo mm-hmm. Q, and we were like and you guys may have seen this on twitter we're not getting caught up we're just going to watch the game mm-hmm. we're neutral we're not going to get caught up in brady Losing this game, or Philly possibly winning this game, being, you know, getting capturing their first title. We're just going to watch the game. Then Philly score, 
And we were like, oh, yeah. And then he missed the field goal. Like, nope. So throughout <laughs> the game, we just like, all right, we're just going to watch it. You know, we're going to be neutral. We're not going to get emotionally, you know, involved. And, and that was the whole thing. And then it went, then the double reverse past the foes happened. Because FIFO, man, Brady was wide open, bro. I, I think Brady dropped that on purpose because <laughs> there was a guy coming to get him. <laughs> and he wanted no part of it. I thought Peterson did a good job of keeping the Patriots off balance. They were aggressive the whole night, um, and, and, and they didn't settle into, like, one thing. Like, they had a, a game plan for 60 minutes, and that's what kept Patricia a little bit confused in terms of, of being able to stop the, um, the, the Patriots, I mean, the Eagles, you know, on offense. Um, so I think the RPO definitely helped them out a lot and uh, kept the Patriots off balance. Um, Brady, I mean, look, man, I, I, that look, every time you look up, somebody was wide open. So Brady was on point, on target. He did what we expected him to do, man. You, you expected no less. You knew he was going to have a great game. You knew he was going to leave it all on the field. And that's what he did, man. He just came up short with the fumble. Um so I thought the the Patriots, like, when, when they were down 10, you knew that the game was far from over, that they had a comeback in them. And they did. They came back and they took the lead, and it was to be expected. But what I didn't expect was I didn't expect for the Eagles to go right back down the field, um, what, 75, 80 yards, 14 plays, uh, consume a lot of time on the clock. I didn't expect them to answer the um the score by the Patriots because that's a situation where the 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 opposing team the team on the opposite side of Brady tends to fold they don't make the plays they need to make in order to win the game and when it was fourth and one we we saw uh Foles made the play and then he made big throw after big throw after big throw so Foles to his credit went toe to toe with Tom Brady I definitely thought the Clement touchdown was going to be overturned based on the way that um, the season has went along with a lot of questionable uh, touchdowns overturned, but they, they they kept it as is. And and I like that, even though they've ruled differently, it, it was seen throughout the regular season. But what I liked is that they let the players on the field decide the game. And, um, and they kind of stayed out of it. Now, I know... Patriot fans will feel otherwise because they'll feel like they were robbed by their by that touchdown uh, not being overturned, and they have a right to feel that way um, 100%. So I, I wouldn't even fight them on that, but that's kind of how opposing teams have felt against the Patriots. So, you know, this is like reversing towards the mean or whatever. But overall, man, it was a fantastic game, and um, and I, I, I thoroughly in, enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, I definitely thought we were going to have another uh, Brady comeback. And if that ball would have bounced forward instead of backwards, I think Dorsett could have caught that ball. But mm-hmm. um, that was pretty much it, man. Like, we, we watched the game neutral. Um, we were happy when it happened for Philly to see somebody else win it. And particularly for me, man, like, to end the whole conversation about Brady being better than Jordan because they were coming for the black man. I, you know, like, Ken, when you said anything. that, I, I did not even, and I guess maybe I tuned out some of the, the noise or whatever, because I, I didn't pay attention to a lot of that stuff leading up to the Super Bowl, but I didn't even know that was even a part of the discussion. Man, yeah. It, it was it was on wow. all the shows. We know what it feels like, Kyle. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely didn't want Philly to. And a lot yeah, of people man. are sick, man. A lot of people <laughs> are sick. Like Colin Cowherd, he is sick, man. Skip. He's sick. Skip is just devastated. <laughs> but, yeah. Good Chris game. Collinsworth. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. His he was players. awful. Yeah, he was He terrible. was awful. Um, let's throw it to the, to the, to the, uh, to Eagles fan, man. Q, uh, give us your overall thoughts on the game, man. I know you got a lot of them. Yeah, man. Like sixty, like sixty years, man. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, after you know, after I stopped crying, and uh, <laughs> after um, after I, I called all my all my people, and they finished crying. Um, I just had time to reflect on it, man. Like, like the whole game. It's a fantastic game. First, I'll let me go and give props to the greatest system QB of all time in Tom Brady um, and Bill. Uh, they, they they played a fantastic game. Uh, honestly, I never seen wide receivers so open yes. against the uh, like like against the Eagles. Like they threw whatever they wanted, and um, just. It was a definitely an offensive game. It was not a defensive game at all. But we knew that I trusted my defense more to make one play more than their more than their deep defense, especially because Butler was on the bench. But we'll get into that. But just overall culminating thoughts about the entire like thing is just like this sixty years, man. It's sixty years of us having no type of championship, no type of validation for the team, and no type of you know, end goal where we can say we accomplished something. Um, throughout the years, I mean, let me throw out some names. Jerome Brown, mm. Reggie White. Mm. Like, these are lately, these are some of the greatest players that we had. And for the city, it's always felt like there's been a cloud over, you know, our team where it's like, oh, Jerome dies or Reggie White goes to the Packers and wins a championship. Jim Johnson dies, like our great defensive coordinator. You know, Yo Bray breaks his foot. We thought that was going to end bad. He, he goes out, balls out. We still lose in the Super Bowl. So it's always been these clouds, man. Always been an NFC championship. Lose those games. You know, it's just, you know, Jason Peters goes down and we end up going four and 12. You know, this just always, it's always something. And it was always something for, for the Eagles. And if you're and if you're from Philly, if you are Eagles fan, and you know what I'm talking about, where it's like there's always been an air of this team can do something, but it just never got it right. For us to beat Tom Brady, to uh, for us to beat the hoodie, for us to beat those two with Nick Foles. After mm. our left tackle goes down again, after Talk our franchise QB goes down again, after our middle linebacker goes down again, it felt like, oh my God, here it goes again. We just lost all three of these people. We lost Sproles. We lost all these key guys, a key special teams player. Like, we losing all these people. And we prevail in the end with a certain sense of resilience that only a Philadelphia team could do. And for us to do that against a great team and one of the greatest QBs ever, it's validation, man, that, like, 
it was worth it rooting for this team all these years. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, hey, couldn't have said it better, man. You heard it right there from a fan. Um, man, my my thoughts on the game. First of all, I think like Ken said, it was a well played game uh, on both sides. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I think. I knew that we were in for a good game because, I mean, if you look at the Patriots history, they have not even in their Super Bowl victories. They you know, I don't think they've ever won by anything more than three points. I could be wrong. No more than four points. So it's not like they've blown anybody out. So we knew I I knew we were going to be in for a close game. Um, When I got word that Philadelphia would be coming out to dreams and nightmares by Meek Mill, um, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, shit, for real. Like, so the Patriots come out to this heavy metal song. I can't even remember the name of the song. And then you hear Meek's voice. And the crowd is going crazy. The players are mouthing the words. And, I, I, you know, I found out that this had been, like, their theme song or whatever like that. And uh, shout out to Meek Mill, who got a lot of love, uh, you know, this past weekend. And rightfully so. Uh, hopefully, you know, they can overturn that and put that brother back on the streets. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and for you know, a side musical note, I heard that the, I read that his that particular song, which I think was released in like 2012 or something like that. That song is like 36 on the Billboard charts now. So, you know, so shout out to me. Um, but yeah, so they Philadelphia comes out to that. They're amped. They're pumped up. They're ready to play. And I think from the first drive, you could just tell that Philadelphia was not going to back down and they were not going to, you know, necessarily you know, kind of cater to Brady and Belichick. And, um, you know, you guys mentioned the the, the call on uh, fourth down to go for it and pass to Nick Foles, um, who actually called that play, by the way. Um, I thought that that was that took a lot of balls from Doug Peterson, uh, first and foremost. But I think that goes back to, you know, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned about how, you know, Jacksonville, had the lead on New England and they decided to take a knee going into halftime. That's the difference. You know, Doug Peterson said, man, you know, the hell with this. We're, we're going for it. We're not, you know, we're here for a reason, you know, and we're going to play to win as opposed to playing not to lose. And I think that's what, you know, Jacksonville did a couple of weeks ago against New England. Um, but yeah, phenomenal game, man. I think now I was the only one on here who picked uh, New England to win. But I said I was rooting for Philadelphia, and it felt weird for me to be rooting for Philadelphia because I hate Philadelphia. But but uh, but I I had to root for them, man. I just I wanted to see them pull it through. And I think um, one of the things that I, I mentioned last week was the keys for them to win would have to be. I think the first thing that I said was third down conversions, and they were ten for sixteen on third down conversions. You go ten for thirteen. You go ten for sixteen on third down conversions. More often than not, you're going to win. The Patriots are only five for ten on, on third down conversions, and Philly went four. Uh, excuse me, two for two on fourth down conversions. So mm-hmm. they, so New England couldn't make plays to get their defense off the field. And I think, you know, for what is, and we'll talk about Nick Foles in just a second. But you know, yeah, Nick Foles is a backup quarterback. He's about to be, you know, he's about to get paid. I think. Um, but Nick Foles looked like an All Pro. <laughs> against New England's defense. And this New England defense, while they are great in the red zone, they don't scare anybody. They don't. And they haven't all season long. 
Um, and their numbers, while they had good numbers in the red zone, I think they were like 29th in defense. But it doesn't matter when you – and you're going to give up a lot of points when, you know, Brady is putting up 30, 35 points on the other side. Um, but, yeah, man, hats off to Philly, man. Aguilar, um, the running back Clement, was, he was huge. Um, you know, uh, what's the kid? Alshon Jeffrey was huge. Uh, that Philadelphia defense, they get – I mean, like Ken said – Hey man, you look at the stats. Uh, Brady threw for 500 yards. <laughs> you know this. They gave up 41 points. So there, there was no defense played in this game. Uh, they gave up. Let's see. The Philadelphia gave up uh, 500. Excuse me, 613 total yards, and New England gave up 538 yards. So it was a it was a Big 12 <laughs> event. <laughs> it was some Big 12 football on Sunday. But um, but yeah, man, I I thought it was I thought it was a great game. I think. You know, Philly, every time when New England scored, you know, instead of saying, oh, even when and, and if you get a chance, go back and watch. And this one, I knew Philly was in the game. It was actually on their first mistake. Um, so Foles has, you know, Alshon Jeffrey open. He kind of underthrows him. Jeffrey knocks the ball back. The ball gets picked. They flash to Nick Foles' face. There's no look of concern or anything. He's just as calm and cool. He's like, he has this look on his face like, okay, ain't no problem. We'll go back and get it. And I think that was the key because, like, at that particular time, and 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 Philadelphia's about to score. If they score, then they really got New England on the ropes. And, you know, so they don't score. So New England's like, okay, well, we got the momentum. Even when New England got the ball back in the second half, I think they pretty much had ignored Gronk for most of the first mm-hmm. half. Gronk caught like five or six passes on that one drive on the, in, you know, coming back in, into the uh, third quarter and he scores a touchdown. And so, you know, it was just like, okay, here comes the Patriots again. But, you know, the, to Philadelphia's credit, they didn't blink. And I think that's what you have to do. You can't let, you know, when you're playing against a team such as New England, you know, they're not going to give up. So you got to keep bringing it. And I got to, you know, tip my hat to Foles and, and that offense and Doug Peterson for calling a great game and not being afraid to, you know, they throw a punch, we throw a punch. They throw two punches, we throw two punches. And so I think, you know, and then the, obviously the strip fumble was perfect. I think that it, oh, well, so look, actually, look, before <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Well, let me let me before I before I close on my point, but um, the the two touchdowns that were quote unquote controversial, um, the first one by Clement, he had control of the ball. The but did did the ball shift some? Yeah, it did. But that I think. And I know Goodell had talked last week about, you know, looking into what is a catch and defining what a catch is or what isn't a catch. And um, and I think it's – we know what a catch is, man. I guess that's all I can say. That's a catch. That, that, I mean, it, if you look at something long enough, you you probably convince yourself that it's not. I did. Uh, I yeah, did. yeah, but, Ken, you know that's a catch. That's That's been a catch all of our lives. This New caught England, the ball. Bro. <laughs> Forget what's the catch. Okay, this New so so you like me, like everybody in your house, everybody in my house was like when they saw the replay, like, oh, they might call this one back. This is yeah. New England, <laughs> and and the Ertz catch that was clearly a catch. I mean, that was a waste of time. That it was a waste of time, and I really didn't like the fact. I mean, Chris Collinsworth. I don't like Chris Collinsworth already, but when you're calling a game, you're supposed to be unbiased. You're supposed to be you know, Chris Collins, and I tweeted this out. Chris Collinsworth was really talking like he had money on the game. 
Like, I, I really think he lost the grip on the game. But Ertz catches the ball, plants his foot, takes three, three or four steps before he dives in. He made a football move. All in football, all you have to do is the ball has to cross the plane. Once the ball crosses the plane, that's it. It's a wrap. It's a touchdown. He can go to the – and his catch and the catch that wasn't by Jesse James and Pittsburgh are two different things. Jesse oh, my James God. They are so different, man. They are so not different. identical at all. And people, I'm tired not of people saying that they're the same play. They're not. They're, they're not. They're not. And and so, you know, so the Earth's catch was a catch. It, it wasn't worth all of that. And I think, you know, the referee did a good job of explaining it. He was a runner and he dove into the end zone. And when he came down, you know, the ball came out, but he still it was it was basically him in the end zone. The ball pops out. He's still at the very least. It's a fumble. Philly recovers, still touchdown. So, um, and you know, once the the strap the, the strip fumble happened, it was a wrap. Now, and I tweeted out. Uh, I said, you know, if you if you're up eight and you lose this game at this point, you know, then you deserve to lose. And I even saw some people complaining about even on the hail mary that one of the receivers got bumped. Listen, man, let me tell y'all something. It's just like in basketball, unless it's a blatant, obvious foul on the last play of the game. The refs aren't going to call a, a, a receiver getting pushed. Everybody's jockeying for position. Gronk pushed somebody out of the way on his way up the field. I mean, so it is but what Kyle, it is. He What's leveled. He, he, he didn't just push him. He, he took him out. Okay. so but, but <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't call that either. <laughs> but to be honest, Ken, I mean, so much stuff is happening on a Hail Mary that I don't want to say the ref's not going to see it, but most refs won't. They just want, I mean, because guys are just running into each other, trying to get to position to get downfield. They're, the ref's eyes in that situation are generally locked on the bunch of players who are together right there at the end zone trying to make that catch. So was it pass interference? Yeah, but I, honestly, they're not going to call it. I what? I can't think. You just think about the last time you've seen a pass interference called on a Hail Mary. And they're not making that call in the Super Bowl. They're, they're just not. Maybe for the Patriots, maybe. And I don't know. Maybe maybe their fans were upset that they didn't make, get that call. But all in all, man, I thought it was a great game, man. Again, shout out to Philly. Uh, Kevin Hart after the game was hilarious. Uh, from him trying to get on stage to coming up on NFL Network and cussing on live TV. Uh, he, he was funny as hell. Um, but, yeah, shout out to them. Nick Foles, man, salute to you. you he he. I, I said last week he was going to have to play out of his mind, and he did. And uh, he shut a lot of people up, including me. I still think he's a backup quarterback, but he's a damn good backup quarterback. And, you know, you got you to gotta tip your hat to Philly because Philly and, I guess we would say, um, Minnesota, probably the only two teams that had backups that could lead their teams to, you know, uh, to, to the Super Bowl. Because, you know, you think about it. Think about your favorite team. Your favorite team – if you even know who your backup is, he probably can't lead you out of the parking lot. So, um, so again, man, shout out to Philly. Shout out to the city of Philadelphia, to fans like Q and Janae and my boy OJ Philly. Um, yeah, y'all, y'all got it, man. Y'all deserve it. And it's, it's, it's much deserved. And every, for all of our listeners who are Philadelphia fans, uh, I know we, we got a few hit us up on Twitter, man. Shout out to all of you guys. Enjoy the championship. Um, so let's move on to the, Belichick side of this. Uh, Malcolm Butler, man, he finds out (laughs) 
moments before they sing the national anthem that he is not playing. Now, Bill Belichick said, you know, during the game, he told Michelle Tofoy on the sideline that uh, he was not playing because, you know, they wanted to put the best players out there on the field that was going to give them the best chance to win. Uh, Belichick stuck with that uh, theme um, in the postgame press conference. So did former defensive coordinator, now head coach of B's Detroit Lions, Matt Patricia, say the same thing. Um that said, uh, Malcolm Butler said he was not benched for any particular reason. He said after the game that they gave up on him. Um, you know, it's been rumored that he had missed the plane. He, he had been sick and he missed the plane out to Minneapolis. And um, but he had a bad week of practice or what have you. But uh, still to find out that you're not going to play in the Super Bowl minutes before you're about to take the field is one thing, and I have my thoughts on it, but uh, let, let me throw it to you, Q. Uh, did Belichick's decision dis- decision to bench Malcolm Butler cost the Patriots this game? It didn't help. Um, I, th- I think we know that. Um, Malcolm Butler, man, he, two years ago, well, I'm sorry, not two years ago, two Super Bowls ago, he makes probably the only play that was going to win the uh, Patriots that game against the Seahawks, because, you know, Pete Carroll ain't run the ball, but Malcolm Butler won that Super Bowl for them, like won it for them, ripped it out of Ricardo Lockett's hands. He played 97% of the snaps this year. He didn't have a fantastic year. I'm not saying he's Patrick Peterson. I'm not saying he's, you know, prime Sherman, but he's a solid corner. He's at least a B plus, B minus corner. Um, I'm sure Patriots fans will hit me up talking about he was, he was terrible or whatever, but, you know, they, they don't like any other players besides Tom. But the thing is, Belichick, I I do think he cost him a couple of key possessions because I think Malcolm Butler has a sort of a ball hawk mentality around him where he'll get his hands on a couple balls, like not like at least um, not picking them off, maybe like he did in the Super Bowl, but he's at least good at deflecting passes. He gets physical with the best of them. And if you look at the tape, I think it was either uh, last year or I think, I think it was this year against Pittsburgh where, you know, he, he, he was contesting and he was fighting with Antonio Brown. And that's probably, that's, that's the best wide receiver in the NFL, in my estimation. So Belichick, the Belichick as that entire decision to me, I think it was classless in my, in my personal opinion. I, I feel like he played with his money because now he's not eligible for certain extensions and incentives now because he didn't play. And to tell him right before the uh, – was it before or after the National Anthem? Uh, right before the National Anthem. That's why he was right crying before, on the National Anthem. Yeah, so right before the National Anthem, that made the man cry. Um, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, made the man shed tears during the National Anthem. Uh, it's just classless, man. And I think that at least owes him some sort of compensation, some sort of answer, like, yo, this is why we didn't do this. I'm hearing rumors now talking about, you know, he might have violated some team policy. Man, I don't care. This is the one, this is the biggest game in the world, uh, you know, at least in, in this country. And you make this decision right before the national anthem. I feel like that's something that 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 can be addressed to me at least the day before or at least in practice. So I don't have to, you know, tell my mom and whatnot. I'm playing like, you know, what I'm saying like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like I know he has family in the stands. I know that 
Yeah, see, I know, I know he has people coming to see him, and then you have to, t- to tell your mom after the game. Yeah, uh, he didn't want me. He benched me for this third-year player out of, out of Utah, and I know Eric Rowe because he played for the Eagles. Eric Rowe was not that good, and it was a, a, apparent he wasn't that good when our Sean Jeffrey mossed him yep. for about they 40 yards. Right we saw and went right at him. Yeah, and so, yeah, it didn't help, man. Belichick, once again, tried, tried, to, tried to be the smartest dude in the room, and this time it didn't turn out right. He looked like he ended up with egg on his face. So I do think that if not completely going one-sided with the extreme of, yes, that lost them the game, it certainly did not help. And I can certainly see Malcolm Butler with his ball hawk mentality getting his hands on a, on a couple of plays and getting either one type of tip pass, a deflection, something. Because he does have that mentality to go get the football. And Eric Rowe was – he did not have his best game. And that's coming from a guy who's seen Eric, Eric Rowe play pretty bad. So, yeah, man, Belichick outsmarted himself. And uh, he did not help his team win that, that that game by doing that decision. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, joining us now is the homie BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up? Y'all can hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, you sound good, man. We're uh, we talking, uh, talking about the Super Bowl right now. Um, let's, so let's start right there with you, man. Uh, Belichick's decision to bench Malcolm Butler. Uh, do you think that cost him the game? Uh, no, I don't think it cost him the game. Um, you know, just the fact that Foles stepped up and outplay <laughs> and Brady is the reason why that they won that game. You know, since hey, shout out to Q. I'm glad Q on this too because I know he was ripping and raving about his Eagles, man, winning the damn Super Bowl, winning their first franchise Super Bowl. But shout out to Q. I know he's on here. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't think – I think Malcolm played or not, I don't think it would have made a difference. I, I, you know, I think people are just so hung up on that clutch interception he had against the Seahawks because Pete Carroll didn't want to let Beast Mode go ahead and be the uh, Super Bowl MVP and win that game for him. But, um, yeah, it, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. I think the team put up 41 points. They put up 41 points. It, it's not like Malcolm Butler is an island type of cornerback, a type of guy that's going to have you on the island. You know what I'm saying? So it wouldn't have made no difference, man. I mean, I, it was interesting. I still want to find out, like, what's the where, what's the tea behind uh, uh, Malcolm Butler getting benched, you know what I'm right. saying, throughout this whole game. Because, you know, they, you're hearing all types of different reports, but we don't know yet. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I want to know what's the full story behind him being benched the entire game. What, did he violate something? Like, what really happened for him to get benched? Because – Clearly, it couldn't have just been for no reason. It couldn't have been Belichick being, oh yeah, we're gonna, you know, Belichick tried to get his get his Nick Saban on, and it just didn't work. <laughs> it really didn't work. You know, when Nick Saban switched out the QB or whatever, like, no, nah, right. dog, like it just that that backfired on him big time. But be honest with you, in my opinion, I don't think it would have made a difference if Malcolm Butler would have played. Okay, okay, okay. FIFA, what about you, man? Um, Malcolm Butler, uh, he sits. Uh, doesn't get notified until, like I said, minutes before he's about to take the the field of, uh, you know, the biggest game of the year. He played. Keep in mind, he played ninety seven percent of the snaps this season. Um, and Belichick sits him, man. Do you think that cost him the game? That's why he was crying. Because <laughs> he knew he wasn't yeah. gonna play. He knew he wasn't gonna play. That's why. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I don't think it cost him the game, um, but I, I think it cost him an opportunity to maybe have a couple of more plays made in their behalf. 
Uh, because we know football is a game of inches, man. It, it, not one player or one moment is, is truly the defining moment in most instances. And I don't think it would have been the case in this game. Remember, we only had one punt the entire game. So could have, uh, Malcolm Butler had his hand on maybe like a key, maybe third down or second down or first down, something that could have maybe generated some momentum defensively in their favor? Of course. But I don't think it cost them the game. I think that we were still going to see a pro- two prolific offenses. Um, I don't know how the hell the Patriots do it, but their wide receivers, like mo- sometimes there's just nobody around them. Like, cool. <laughs> I, like you watch the game, they're not doing anything special, and all of a sudden here goes this guy with nobody around him. He has to wait for the football, then he gets a 60, 70 yard chunk. You know, so so I don't understand how that happens. But then when you look at the Eagles, the way that that offense is orchestrated, they're the ones that create the lanes. That system is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to downplay Carson Wentz or or, or, or or the success that Nick Foles has had. But that offense, the way it's catered and then the guys that they have at the positions, you know, um, obviously, what, what what's his name? Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big pickup. That's a humongous pickup. We saw what Alshon was able to do with Jay Cutler. So you give him a guy that's more accurate in a system that rewards the big play, man. Like I don't know, man. I don't think Malcolm Butler just that one guy changes the dynamic of the of the game in its entirety. Maybe a player or two, but I, I, I don't I don't think the outcome would have changed because of him. Belichick benching Butler did that cost him the game? Is that is that the question that we yeah. that's what we're asking? Mm-hmm. Um, no, absolutely not. Blackness cost him that game <laughs> last night. That's what happened. Black <laughs> blackness cost him that game. The whitest team in the NFL with the whitest coaching staff, you know, just got got man. He just got, <laughs> got. Brandon <Yes>. Graham. <laughs> Brandon Graham and his bad hamstring got in there. And and he 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 put them paws on on Brady, and he calls Brady the goat, the greatest of all time, the clutchest quarterback in NFL history. Uh, we can't knock his accomplishments, but he had two chances to win the game. The ball was in his hands, and I'm like everybody else in the world, thinking that somehow, some way, he's going to drive them down the field, get them in scoring position. Uh, well, either he's going to drive them down the field. Uh, let me put it this way. He plus the referees were going to drive him down the field <laughs> to put them in the position to win that game. I just knew it was going to happen. But, you know, uh, Blackness didn't let it happen that night, man. They were like, we, we had enough. And Brandon Graham got in there, knocked the ball out, and then, you know, uh, they did what they had to do to, to win that game. Um, you know, they, have, they didn't stop Brady the whole second half. They didn't stop Brady the whole night. But we knew Philly's defense – was way better than what they were displaying, but um, both teams just had a bad night last night. But you just needed to make one play. So I'm not going to sit here and say um, Belichick benching Butler cost them the game because Belichick was doing what he what he always does. And, and when it works, and even when it doesn't work, all I've heard people do was give him credit. It's the system, the Patriot way. Well, the Patriot way didn't go that way last night, and that's just what it is. So now all of a sudden people are upset and hurt because Brady didn't win 
the Super Bowl, and they're looking for somewhere to place the blame. So, yeah, could mm-hmm. he have made a play here or there? Possibly. You know what? We don't know, and we never will know. So they can sit there just like I had to sit there last year and wonder, what if? What if Butler would have played? What if Atlanta would have ran the ball? What if Marshawn Lynch would have ran the ball? That's what mm-hmm. y'all feeling right now, the what if. And you would never know just like we would never know what would happen. So, no, Belichick did not cost them the game at all. That was Brady. That loss falls squarely on Brady's hands. He cost them the game. I don't give a damn how many yards and touchdowns he threw. Y'all can kill me with that noise. He had the ball in his hands, and he fumbled in a way on a great defensive play by Brandon Graham, who was playing on a busted hamstring, on a a strained hamstring. So, no, just like I looked at that Pittsburgh game, and when I said – Ben Roethlisberger's two turnovers cost them the game. The same thing happened in the Super Bowl. Brady's turnover cost them the game. The difference is Brady's came at the most inopportune times in, in that game, and it is what it is. And they just they just go home losers, man. Hey, man, I'm just saying, it kicked off my birthday in, in, in my birthday month in grand fashion. It was the greatest, one of the greatest gifts ever. And you know what? It kicked off Black History Month, man. So, like I said, blackness won that game, and blackness cost him that game last night. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Belated happy birthday to Kim, man. When was your birthday on the first, right? Yeah, it was the first. My bad. I forgot to hit you up, man. Oh, I saw I saw it on Facebook, and I was like, I'll, I'll text him. And I forgot to text him. My bad. Um, Here's what I'll say. I think I don't think his decision to bench Malcolm Jenkins cost excuse me Malcolm Butler cost them the game, but it helped. It helped them lose the game, and I'll tell you why. Um, you guys know I, I played football. I played in college, and no, I didn't play on the highest level. I didn't play at Notre Dame. I played at South Carolina State, a Division One AA historically black college. I'll say this: you, Belichick was wrong in this situation because. You don't have a guy practice all week long, or really two weeks, because Malcolm Butler practiced. So he got the reps with, with the guys. And if you play football, it's just like the same as basketball. You have a certain continuity with the guys that you're on the court with in basketball. You have a certain continuity. Secondary, you know, receivers need to be on the same page, but they need more so to be on the same page with the quarterback than the other receiver. Um, You know, but in a situation like defensive backs, because a lot of what they do, they do in tandems and they do it together. The secondary has to be, you know, a cohesive unit. So if you take somebody out of that unit, you know, you just don't know what the next person is going to do. Now it's different if somebody gets hurt because, you know, then it's next man up mentality. But like you said, Roe is a guy who is, you know, there's a reason why he's the third or fourth string corner. You know, he's, so he he go he's going into the game. It's it's I'll, I'll just give you his mindset. A guy like Roe, he's going into the game thinking, okay, well I'm probably gonna play I don't know 20 25 snaps in the Super Bowl. Let me just get myself mentally prepared to play 20 25 snaps in the Super Bowl. And then the guy taps you on the so- shoulder two minutes before the game is about to start, and he says, "Hey, you're you're up. You're starting." His whole mentality changes. Now he ha- now he's got to play 70 plays. And he's not prepared for that mentally, wherein you had you you practiced for two weeks with this guy and you can't sell us the the story that and when I say you, I mean, Belichick, 
you can't sell us the story that, okay, well, we're better. We, we put the best players out there. Not when this guy played 98% of the snaps that you had all season. So it was, it's got to be more than that. I, I'm, the truth will eventually come out. Like I said, there's been rumors and innuendos that he missed he missed a curfew or there were, you know, here's the thing, man. Let's say he did miss curfew. Let's say he broke a team rule. Benjamin for a half. <laughs> I mean, Philadelphia, when when the offensive coordinator realized well, when the people upstairs realized that Malcolm Butler wasn't in the game, they started attacking. That first touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey, who was it on? Bro. Go look at Alshon Jeffrey's numbers in the first half. Now he didn't he didn't catch a pass in the second half, and that's the thing. Malcolm Butler probably would have been matched up with him man man to man for the rest of the game. They put um, what's the the New England's other corner the the other corner on him, and he did a good job as far as holding him down. But Aguilar got off, Ertz started getting off, Clement out the backfield was killing him. So when you remove a starter, you can't. It's not balanced anymore. So, no, nah, I think I don't think it necessarily cost them the game, but it helped them lose because Philadelphia clearly exploited the weaknesses that it's, it's almost like you got you got a center and you got your center seven feet tall and you got somebody six, five or six, four playing them in the post. You're going to keep throwing it down low. And that's a part of the way I gave you the numbers. Ten for sixteen. For Nick Foles on third down conversions, a lot of those third downs were on the mismatches that Foles saw and that he he was able to create. And a lot of those mismatches came because you didn't have Malcolm Butler out there. So, you know, Bill Bill Belichick, he he, you know, he's probably a little too smart for his own good. And again, it didn't cost them the game, but it helped them lose the game. Um, so that got me to thinking about, you know, this end, this end of the season, end of the the, the season for the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, many people have referred to this run that, you know, they've had over these 15, 16, 17 years as a dynasty. Um, you know, they have the rings, they have the hardware to prove it. But I guess the question I have is, and I'll throw it to you first, Q, uh, is the Brady-Belichick dynasty over? No, it's not. Uh, not unless Bill has other aspirations to go and see if he, he can do it without Tom. Uh, I would love to see that personally, just because you know I want to see a team besides the Patriots make it, make it out of the uh, AFC East, and uh, it's kind of like that whole you know Jordan and Phil thing, man. Like the way that I compare uh, Phil uh, Jackson and Bill Belichick is almost you know almost synonymous with how I compare Brady to like a Kawhi, where obviously Brady is ten times better in his sport than Kawhi is. But it's that same situation where a guy who has talent needed a great coach to bring it out of him. So it's like, why? You know what I'm saying? He, he, he had game. He had skill in college. But without Pop, who's to say that that talent could have reached the level that it's at now? Same thing with Brady. So personally, in my estimation, I think the relationship for success in a percentage is more 60% Bill and 40% Brady in my personal op- op- opinion. Because okay. if you look at every single Super Bowl, it's always because the New England Patriots have an incredible defense. If you know, People forget that, yes, Malcolm Butler made that play, but last time I checked, Darrell Revis and Brandon Browner were also the corners on that New, New England team. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you have Revis, who's probably, by all said and done, 
going to be at least a top five corner by by the time you know he's in, put into the Hall of Fame, and then you have a, a good corner in Brandon Browner, and then you had a great front uh, front seven, and then. Super Bowl. You go to the Carolina Super Bowl. You go to the St. the St. Louis Super Bowl, and if you go to the uh, Eagles Super Bowl, and uh, you see great defenses. Not not to say Brady, you know, didn't do, do his thing, but he wasn't putting up 500 yards then. You know, he was kind of almost a game manager. So I don't think the relationship between them is over unless. Unless, unless by this summer there's a breaking point. But if I was a betting man, I think we have about two more years of this Patriots dynasty because they're because they're 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 going to be back. FIFA, what about you, man? Um, do you think this Brady Belichick dynasty is over? It's a wrap. I told y'all before the Super Bowl. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Look, when you have full autonomy over a roster. And you've been a, basically 100% right getting rid of guys right before the decline. And you wanted to get rid of Tom Brady and you had Jimmy G. And then the owner says, nah, buddy, not that move. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Because part of the reason why they were great is because Bill Belichick was allowed to do what he needed to do when he needed to do it. Look at Jim Johnson with Dallas. They was winning Super Bowls, and who put that together? It's similar in a sense that the owner now wants to tinker. Obviously, two completely different scenarios, and I don't want to say, oh, it's exactly alike. No, and I'm not going to get into the Dallas situation. But over here with the Patriots, man, you got to let Bill Belichick live. And sometimes you have to take that, that tough pill. And Robert Kraft wasn't having it. He's like, oh, hell no. I'm riding with Tom. So since you picked Tom, I think that Bill Belichick wants – I think the biggest way for Bill to, to, to stick it to Robert is to go somewhere and win it, you know, and win it relatively quickly. I don't see him staying in New England for what? And I'm talking about this upcoming season. For what? You lost the Super Bowl. If you would have done things the way you wanted to do them, you probably would have felt that you would have won the Super Bowl. I, I don't know, man. I, you know, it, it, th- there's a lot of things that happen with the Patriots. I just I think that their run has come to an end. I think Belichick wants to see if he can win without Tom, um, because Tom, Tom Brady's run is over. Man, forty one. He's ancient. You should. It, it should have been over. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, I just at the end of the day, man, I know how competitors think. I know how people that want to succeed think. And Bill Belichick wants that challenge, man. I think this run with the Patriots is is a rock. Man, I'm kinda in the middle with FIFA and Q. Um I do think we might see a year or two, possibly, with these, because I mean you know, it's not like the AFC East is getting any tougher. Um, all three of those squads are pretty damn near in need of QBs. Um, it's not like we're seeing any of these squads making a splash, at least yet, because, you know, we haven't got to the free agency part of the offseason of the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they can look at this and be like, look, look at the position we're in. Like, we're still the cream of the crop in the AFC. You know, it's, it's like the situation, when, you know, like if Brown would have stayed in Miami, they Miami would have still been the cream of the crop of the East when LeBron came back to the Cavs. I, I feel that way with, with the Patriots. Like, if, if Brady and Belichick come back again and do this again, 
they're still going to be the cream of the crop in the AFC. Um, you know, with the exception of, you know, Pittsburgh and maybe another other, couple of teams. That's about it. But their division. Jacksonville, Sassy Rams and the boys. So, <laughs> yeah, Sassy. They just <laughs> need a quarterback. <laughs> they just need a quarterback. So, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I can see them coming back. But yeah, like people said, with all the drama that's been going on, you know, between them two, I can definitely see one of them, you know, leaving the organization, probably Bill Belichick. I can see him leaving before Tom Brady leaves because Tom Brady still wants to play till he's 45. Um, so that I, I, that's why I kind of agree with with uh, FIFA on that end as far as it being over. But I, I, I just because the AFC East is so whack, man, I can just see them coming back again to say, "Hey, look, let's get us another run. If this don't work out this time, or regardless of what what happens this season, you know, I'm, I'm Bill Belichick might be like, "Hey, I'm going somewhere else." and winning somewhere else and you can continue to play till you're 45 over here at the mm. Patriots. Mm. So mm. Okay, okay. I'm kind of like you? in between, man. I'm kind of like in between Q and Ralph, so. You know what? I'm going to side with, with, with uh, FIFA on this one. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, man. It's Look, rare. Yeah. That, um, initially, I was like, after the game, I was like, man, we got to deal with this mess for four more years. Because the AFC is down, they just don't have uh, the personnel to beat um, outside of Pittsburgh, and we just we never know with them. But uh, outside of them, who else stands a real shot at beating them? So I'm like, oh man, we got to deal with this four more years, right? But then Matt Patricia's gone, mm. and then Josh McDaniels was gone, and then he came back, <laughs> and that kind of signaled to me that Belichick's run is probably done, if not this year or next year, the year after that. Because right now, he's committed to uh, coaching in 2018. But let's not forget that when that story broke, they denied it. And then later on, uh, the story started to change. Mm-hmm. And... um and if you look at everything leading up to the Super Bowl, the Patriots went off brand. And they got passes for it. Like, they got passes out the wazoo. Because let me tell you, if there was anybody else that released the documentary the week before the Super Bowl, it would have been a distraction. They would have been ripped for it. They would have been heavily criticized for it, especially if they were black. Hmm. Um, and we saw what they did to Antonio Brown. Um, because I think he had a Facebook deal, and they jumped all over him. Now I understand that part of his speech was was caught uh, on camera, Tomlin's speech, and I get that. So it was slightly different, and, and Brady's was a little bit better. But um, distractions, distractions, distractions. ODB, mm. o- uh, Odell, distractions, distractions. That's all we heard. Tom released a, a week-long documentary. Nothing. Mm. So, yeah, and the media ate it up. They spent two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl – Kissing Brady's ass because they haven't been themselves. And and a couple of people picked up off on that. Belichick releasing a documentary. When does he do that? Um, <laughs> right. I think, yeah, I, I just think it's over, man, because now each individual, they're looking out for themselves. And for Kraft to basically increase Josh McDaniel's salary and or double it or whatever it was, 
to bring him back, to sweeten the deal, as they put it, something is amiss. Something is going on, and I think Brady and Josh McDaniels have has a really good relationship, and I think Belichick, I think they're done with him, and I think I, I'm I'm totally with FIFO. Something is going to happen down the line before next season, and they're saying all the right things now, which is what they do, but later on, Something's gonna happen, and Belichick is gonna step down. So they hire Mike Pence for head coach. Say what? I said they're probably gonna hire Pence for head coach. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught that. Uh, you know, I, I'm ha- I'm actually gonna agree with with Ken and FIFO, man. I, I think this is it. I think um, I think you know, are they good enough to make it back to the playoffs? Of course. Because, uh, like you said, the AFC is whack. Um, you know, you got a couple of teams like Jacksonville who might be a player or two away. Uh, I think Pittsburgh, honestly, I think Pittsburgh is the most talented team in the AFC and arguably one of the most talented teams in the league. Um, you know, and they wet the bed this year. If they can bounce back, and, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to be under a lot of fire, at least more fire than, you know, than he probably should be. But, uh, you know, if, if Pittsburgh can bounce back, I think Pittsburgh's going to be right there in the mix. Um, I, I don't, I don't see them making it because here's the thing at 41, you, you don't, you don't get better. You get, you, you get older, <laughs> you know I mean? So I don't expect, Bra- I mean, Brady's not Barry Bonds. His numbers aren't going to be that much. Now it's not like he's going to fall off or anything like that, but, and then the fact that Ken, you made a good point. They don't have Jimmy Garoppolo behind him. So you can't even push Brady out the door. If you let's, let's say just for, for, just for the, for the sake of saying, Let's say they come back to camp and Brady's a little off or whatever. Let's say they start the season next year and they start off a little slow. And Brady, you, and you could visibly tell that Brady's kind of lost it a little bit. You can't even push him out the door because you don't have anybody to back him up. You got you're stuck with Brady pretty much. So, like you said, Ken, I agree. Um, with Josh McDaniel uh, not taking the coach job as people had expected that he would. Um, in fact, it was all but signed, sealed, delivered today, and he announced that he is going to stay. That lets me know that Belichick is probably going to be in New England, maybe one, maybe two years, and then he's done. Um, and, you know, I think Belichick's been there like 18, 19 years. I mean, that's 20 years is long enough to be at a job. I don't care where you are. This ain't GM. Nobody stays at jobs for 20 years anymore. So I, I think it is. Can they make the playoffs? Of course. Uh, they're going to have to get better on defense because obviously you can't give up 500 points and excuse me, 500 yards in, in the Super Bowl and expect to win. Um but uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's close to it, man. I think the dynasty and and it's been a great run. There's nothing that you know any Patriots fan should be mad or ashamed about. Um, you know, it, it's been a great run, but I do think it's coming to an end. Uh, so we close the book on football and we move over to the NBA. <sighs> man, I don't even know where to start. Uh, <laughs> last week, fellas, we got it. We there were some reports that uh, LeBron would actually take a meeting with the Warriors if they could offer him a max deal when he becomes a free agent next summer. Uh, LeBron obviously adamantly refuted those reports. But I got to ask, Ken, what do you think about this? I mean, could that happen, LeBron in a Warriors uniform? Hell no. No. (laughs) Nah, man. I I don't think – I don't think – He'll he'll do that to himself, man. Um, LeBron's 
that 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 would just destroy his legacy. I don't. It care will. It will. Yeah, man. Man. I I can't co-sign that. I mean, it it. KD got a title, but I I, I still think that move didn't help him either. So no, I don't think that's gonna happen at, at all. I think that was just pickbait. Q, what about you, man? Um, <laughs> LeBron the Warrior, is that possible? No, nah, that's fake news, man. Uh, no one believes that. Um, I'm fair. I'm almost positive that that is completely coming out of the LeBron James camp, so mm-hmm. they can ramp up offers and actually go do something. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that pretty soon. But um, that's definitely just you know something out of LeBron's camp, so the Cavs management can actually up the ante and go get him some help, so they can start lose- losing games to the Magic. But yeah, fake news. Okay, okay. FIFO man, um, <laughs> if that happened, uh, obviously they would have to clear cap space. I know they'd have to get rid of Andre Iguodala. They'd have to do, I think, like a sign and trade with Clay Thompson. But you would have arguably the three best players in the NBA on the same team with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. Uh, what's the likelihood of this happening, man? I don't think that's going to happen, but anything is possible. Um, it, it, All right, KG. Golden State, <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> look, if, if LeBron sits down with them and they show him a way where they can still get, you know, maintain a bench, obviously they're going to have to get rid of some guys. Get rid of some guys and bring him on but still have the core. That's some that, that that's something that I think that he would have to entertain. But Ken, I'm with you, and, and B, you know, and Q, where this hurts his legacy, and LeBron, I think he's mastered social media. He's mastered controlling the narrative. He's mastered being passive aggressive, and that's exactly what this, this has LeBron written all over. It. You know what I'm saying? He He's the drama king. He truly is. That's why Kyrie wanted out. That's why this iteration of the Cavs team is imploding. That's why LeBron wouldn't mind, you know, shipping, you know, the majority of the guys out of there and starting all over. I'm LeBron. I'm the king. It don't matter. The 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 the, the championship out of the East come through me. So that's how he's feeling. And 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 that's exactly that's the message he's sending. Um. But but at the end of the day, it's nonsense. I don't think he's going to sign with the Warriors. However, I do not think he will be a Cleveland Cab next season. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. B, what about you, man? Um, LeBron, <sighs> a Warrior. <laughs> How likely is that? No, it's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. I, it's it's no way that he goes to that team. Um, like I, I, I kind of chimed in on Ken. It, 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 yeah, it will mess up. It would definitely look very shaky if he do something like that, man. But yeah, there's no way, man. I, I don't even see if Adam Silver even let that happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, there's right. no way because I know a lot of dudes that's like, man, I wouldn't even watch. I don't even think I watch the NBA if LeBron go to the Warriors. Like, it, it would be no point of me watching the NBA. So like, a lot of it will it will rub a lot of NBA fans the wrong way, man. Diehard fans and the casual fans. So I don't see how LeBron would even want to entertain that. Why would he even want to go to that team? Like, you know, states. But yeah, I agree with people. He is gone. He's out. He's out of Cleveland. 
I mean, it's just a matter of where he's going to be at this uh, during his offseason, where he's going to go. But he, he's out of he's out of calves. I mean, I think Ken t- uh, just texted an article him saying that he's in for the long haul. No, that yeah, was rough. Long, oh, Ralph, yeah, the long haul of this damn season. But that's about <laughs> it. That's about that's about that's about as long as haul you're going to get from, from LeBron uh, this season. Is just it's just up to to May. You know, that's about it. Once that season is a wrap, it's over. He's out of there. LeBron is gone. He ain't in for no long haul. Long haul my ass. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree, man. I agree. I agree. Uh, I even saw where um, the general manager for the Hawks, the assistant GM for the Hawks, uh, was speaking to uh, 92.9 Game, a sports talk show here in Atlanta. Um, he said, he said, and I quote, I really, really would be surprised if LeBron went to Golden State. He said, the one thing I will say about Mr. James, he's a master at using the media to get whatever story he wants out there. He's perfect. He's perfected the art of the social media game, to your point. He said, I think those things were probably leaked by Mr. James himself and his camp, close quote. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Uh, Ken, Ken, you, you nailed it on the head. I think, um, this sounds like something LeBron would probably kick out there. Uh, Bill Simmons even said the same thing. <laughs> Bill Simmons said that, you know, he tweeted that LeBron was saying it to mess up the chemistry of the uh, Warriors, which I don't think you can do. But, you know, I, I, I don't see this. I, and again, not only does it, yeah, I mean, it all but destroys his legacy if that something like that would happen. And like you said, B, I agree. You know, even the most casual, you can't watch back. I mean, like, and when I started thinking about it earlier today, I'm like, I there's I don't think there's ever been any sport where you had the three best players in the league on the same team. You know, you've had you know one maybe two of the best three or something like that, or number one and number two, but never in any pro pro sport. And you guys listening can tell me you know if I'm wrong, but I can't think of any sport where you had the three best players in the game. And I and you can make a case that, you know, okay, well, if you want to move Harden in there or whatever like that, but let's just say LeBron, KD, and Steph are the three best players in the game. You've never had a situation, particularly in the NBA, where the three best players are on the same team. So, no, nah, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't think I don't think Golden State is, you know, I mean, obviously if, if – if LeBron asked for a meeting, I'm pretty sure they would grant him one, but I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, but LeBron, you know, even on his other tours as a free agent, we do know that he interviewed or, you know, had meeting with meetings with teams that he probably weren't wasn't going to sign with anyway. So the the fact of him taking a meeting, yeah, that's that's a very strong possibility. I think it's crazy, but it, it, you know, stranger things. Then again, I didn't think Kevin Durant would end up, you know, in Golden State. <laughs> And <laughs> look what happened. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes as his free agency pr- plays out. But that, you know, set off a firestorm. I think that was Friday. Then we roll into Saturday. Uh, and the big game Saturday night had paired the Rockets uh, going into Cleveland. National TV, uh, Super Bowl week. But, hey, we had a, a key matchup on national TV. And the Rockets proceeded to blow out the Cavs 120-88. to um, and all every all of us we saw this game. And this game, I mean, it really you can make a case this game really was over in the first quarter. It was just that bad. I mean, James Harden went on the bench, and you know, I think the Rockets went up by like twenty five points. 
Um, so it got, you know, I know Jalen Rose was on uh, ABC's talking about it. And, you know, he reiterated the point. Both he and Stephen A. Smith said the same thing, that the Cavs as a team have quit on LeBron. Um, B, what's your take on that, man? Do you think that these guys have quit knowing that LeBron is their leader? Do you think that they've quit on him? Uh, based on this damn game with Orlando, yeah, because they was they was up in Orlando pretty pretty big, and you know I'm like, okay, well, Cass finally about to break their little slump they in with you know playing against Orlando, and then I look up and I see Orlando got the lead and they winning in the fourth. I'm like, wow, they only scored what eight nine points? No, in the not yeah. Quarter. The Cavs scored nine, scored nine points, in the, points in the fourth quarter and blew a 21 point lead. Yeah, that's what on I'm the saying. road to the uh, Orlando Magic, who did not have Aaron Gordon in their lineup. Yep. Yep. So yeah, team team is just like giving up. Um, Isaiah Tom. We already see the quotes that Isaiah Thomas has been saying. So it's just yeah. Now nah, I think these teams. It's just imploding right in front of our eyes. I told people this when we were about to play our game last week. The way they looking, I don't even know if Cavs won't even get out the second round right now. Wow. I mean, just the way that they're looking. Just like as of right now, I I don't see them getting out the second round. I really don't right now. I don't. Mm. Um, so yeah, man, the team is just literally giving up because I mean, at this point, the team is looking like this. Why are we going to fight hard to play, to try to play into June when we know we ain't about nothing? You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. why try to, why try to fight and to play in the late May and possibly early June when it's, it's, you're going to go, you going to play Golden State and get swept. It's going to be a 30 point block almost every four games. They get swept if they play Golden State. So you know it's 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 crazy, man. Yeah, team just giving up. I think I think I think they they're gonna start preparing their vacation for mid May. A lot of those guys. <laughs> I think I, I think they are because yeah, like I said, I I don't I don't I don't right now, just right now, I don't see them getting out the second round. I'm I'm sorry, I just don't. What about you, Q? Uh, you saw it, man. They got smoked on national TV, man. What's your take on this? Has this team quit on on, on their leader? I think everybody's just quit in general. Um, I think LeBron is – he's in that 2011 Kobe, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you remember when the Thunder were coming up and the Lakers kind of like had that last stand where they just got beat by, by the young baby Thunder and everyone was like, oh, Kobe will be back. Kobe will be back. Yeah, Kobe didn't come back after that. It was it was pretty much over for him at that point. I think that's where LeBron is in his career, man. Um, it's not his fault. He's obviously you know still top eight player in the NBA. I I still say top top one, top two. Um, but man, they can't switch anything, man. Like this this team is so deficient on on defense. It's not even funny. Tristan Thompson has become a former like a shell of himself. Uh, I, I blame Chloe. Um, Jr. Can't, <laughs> Jr. can't hit nothing. Um, Iman Shumpert is Iman Shumpert. We already know what he's about. It's I, Isaiah Thomas, man. He's the problem. And I, I called it from the moment that they traded Kyrie for Isaiah. I said, I don't like this trade. I don't like this trade one bit because Isaiah, to me, from what I've seen, that system in Boston makes people better than what they are, mm-hmm. and I think we have, and I think we have to come to the realization that people think Kyrie Irving is like Kawhi on defense now, man. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That team in Boston plays incredible team defense. They know how to properly switch, and they know how to hide guys on defense. Isaiah Thomas is 5'8", five, 5'9", five, with a pair of Kobe's on. So for him to be able, able to average that 30 in that one month and to have his MVP odds you know, be within the top five – that's all Brad Stevens, in my opinion. Not saying, you know, not saying Isaiah is not talented, not saying he's not a gifted scorer, but man, what like the Warriors are exploiting him every time they play him. What do you what do you do? Like if you switch him onto anybody, just take him into the post and put it up. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you switch KD on to Isaiah? That's like that. That's just that's just murder. And like, what do you do if you switch Stanley Johnson on to Isaiah? We see that they lose the game. Lesser talented guys. Uh, Tristan Thompson can't get rebounds any, anymore. J.R. Smith is having his worst statistical shooting year in his entire career. LeBron James looks tired, demoralized, defeated because he has no one else to take the load off on him. Derrick Rose changes his hairstyle every two weeks, so we don't know what he's up to at this point. Like, dude, like, it's like, it's like what Shannon Sharp said. Like, he left the team with a fade, came back with dreads. Back now with dreads. Got, <laughs> no one knows what Derrick Rose is doing. He's he's too busy designing his new shoes. You got Iman Shumpert, he's dealing with Tiana Taylor. You got, you know... Jose Calderon, we don't know what he's doing. It's just a bunch of guys that don't fit together. Jay Crowder can't do anything, and that just proves my point that Brad Stevens is, is responsible for most of that team's success. Um, not saying these guys are not talented, but that team's success in Boston is a lot of Brad Stevens. So you see what Jay Crowder's doing. Jeff Green is having a pretty solid year, but who's looking to be Jeff Green's second option? Like, like, like who, who, what, what type of championship team? has Jeff Green as a, as a second option. They cannot switch anything. I have to repeat that again. They cannot switch anything on defense because the guys are lazy. Kyle Corver is not anything on, on defense. This team is in huge trouble. To wrap it up, this team is, is in huge trouble, and they're in huge trouble because they can't switch anything on defense. They are so deficient from three, and they're relying on LeBron for almost 80% of their offense. With Kyrie, you could at least spell LeBron for like two minutes. LeBron can't take thirty seconds off the court now. Right. With with Kyrie, it was too like you know you couldn't leave Kyrie on the court for two minutes, you know, too long because you know he might start wilding a little bit. Now you can't take LeBron off for fifteen seconds without them giving up a twenty point lead. And now we're at the point where even if LeBron is on the court, he cannot make up the deficit. And Shit, man, I'm going to just call it. I think he's going to Houston, but we'll get into that as time goes on. Mm, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Um, man, we, 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 we've we talked about it, man, but you, you saw it. Uh, has this team quit on LeBron? They, they, they have, man. Uh, they have. And mm. that's – I think this is the first time that we've seen that. Um, in in LeBron's career, you know, <clears throat> he has some guys that, you know, K Love has a big contract. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is trying to play for a big contract. He was third in MVP voting. Um, you just have guys that seem like 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 they're entitled, like they don't believe um, that you know this is probably the first time that LeBron just hasn't been able to galvanize a, an entire unit. So I think this is going to be the the story of Braun 
as as he you know winds out his career because like I previously said, it's over in Cleveland. So any other situation that he goes to is LeBron still going to kind of be that that number one ish kind of guy because he's going to have to go to a place that has talent, right? Especially if he's going to sign as a free agent, he's not going to go anywhere and then just be kind of, you know, like second fiddle to another team. You got to go to a place that has that has talent. And I think LeBron at this stage in his career, he has to. <laughs> this is going to sound messed up. But he's going to have to figure it out. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't think. You know, I think that this is going to be new challenges. I think this is this is not going to be Miami. Um, like this is going to be completely different for Braun. You know, you, you had arguably the best point guard in the East say, yo, I'm out, you know, so, so you didn't have Kyrie's buy-in, you know, everybody that's on the squad now doesn't have buy-in. Um, and then when you have a guy like J.R. Smith that we know he's a loose cannon, doesn't take shots, doesn't score in several games. Like what is going on? What is going Like, I don't think you can pinpoint it to any one particular place. You can't put it on just me. You can't put it on just Braun. You can't just put it on the guys quitting. You can't just put it on bad rotations or whatever. X's in the, the GM and the relationship between that. It's a culmination of all of these things. And I think that LeBron, because he hates Dan Gilbert so much, he's going to stick it to him. He's not going to wear that no trade clause. But mm. like I said weeks ago, weeks ago, I'd make it super uncomfortable for LeBron. I'll trade everybody else. I'll give them a bum. Like, do you still want to stay? Because I'm going to guarantee that we're not going to win this year. So you either allow me to trade you and get something in return for you, or you're going to have to play with all these scrubs. And guess what? I'm going to get rid of them anyway. And we're going to be bad and get draft picks anyway. So what do you want to do? Just That's the reason why I like what Jerry West did with the Clippers. Expedite the process. You know what's going to happen. You can't bypass the inevitable. It's mm. going to happen. LeBron is going to leave. If you can't, if, if he won't waive his trade clause, we'll make him play with bums and see what happens. <laughs> well, Ralph, I think if if he did that and he gave him bums, I think they would be better than this team that he got now. <laughs> I, I really do because they'll know their role. They'll fit yeah, right what, in. What did you make of that game, Ken? Man, I didn't even see the game. Thank God, oh, you didn't uh, miss much. I, I was out. Yeah, yeah, I was out, and um, and I wanted to actually watch it because I I just thought they were gonna get get their get their uh, get their act together, and then I looked up and saw that it was just a blowout, and right. you know I saw LeBron facing the towel and everything like that, and and I I have never seen this from a LeBron James team. Um. Ever since he's ever. been playing, ever right. This, this is completely new. Um, this is completely different. I, I'm I'm with Ralph. It's hard to pinpot one problem. Um, you know, I I I started the season off when they started five and seven. It was like, all right, Lou, what's up? And um, and I kind of echoed that a little bit. On, on Twitter, but then I realized that they're firing all the black coaches in the NBA, so we can't get rid of them. <laughs> so, 
and th- there there's so many things that's going on with this team and and I'll start with IT and I remember when IT played his first or second game and I text y'all man and I said IT is going to be a problem I I saw it yep, and IT is a problem because IT went up in Boston and he basically became Jeremy Lin wearing black skin. That, that's all he was. Everybody loved him. The little man playing the Giants game, putting up 30. It's fascinating to watch. <laughs> and what we found out is that he's not. 30 plus he's 15 but it don't know that it still think he's 30 plus mm. and like you said what we've learned by switching the pieces out is that Kyrie's doing less when Kyrie sits they're still winning Terry Rozier is playing well Brad Stevens augments a lot of those players and they got Kyrie. They, they got Kyrie thinking Kyrie's a good defensive player, and and, and that just should tell you enough right there, because Kyrie has never been a good defensive player. It highlights Brad Stevens, but it also shows uh, Tyrone Lue's deficiencies a, as a coach. But here's here's the thing, man. Um, yeah, Griffith, FIFO, you're right. Griffith is a problem. He's running the team. He's back where he wants uh, to be. He and LeBron don't get along. Uh, they're bumping heads, and and um and I'm with you. I, I probably would, you know, make it miserable for him and, and get him out of there because, like Stephen A. Smith said on first take today, he don't want him there. He don't want him there. So LeBron did his job. He got them the title, and now it's time for him to go take care of himself. I'll close with this. The Cavs, after the trade deadline, and I know we're going to get into that next, probably will be better. Right now, they probably got players on that team that's afraid of being traded, don't want to put forth much effort because they don't know if they're going to be on the team. But when the deadline is over, I think LeBron can probably rally them troops, get them back on track because what's in that locker room is who you got. And everybody knows that they are going to be there. And for me, they need to be men. They need to get their shit together, and they need to put their egos aside and fit in with the rest of the team. Because at the end of the day, the new guys that are on that team haven't won shit. IT, you lost to LeBron. Jay Crowder, you lost to LeBron. Jeff Green, you lucky to still be in the league, bro. (laughs) Everybody, y'all haven't done anything. Every year LeBron goes to the finals. And if you put your egos aside, you put your agendas aside, you will go to the finals. And if y'all come together and play together as a team and follow the game plan and execute and Luke figure out a way to hide IT and work out this problems they have switching, they got a shot because they have enough depth on that team. And I don't care about age because, hell, that, that, that time Jordan won, Jordan was 35, uh, somebody else was 37 and and they were old and they still won so for me they need to get in line 
and realize that they are not LeBron. And every year, LeBron was sending their ass home. So, hey, man, what will LeBron say? Uh, figure out a way to get it. I, I won't even say what LeBron said. I'll say what two. I'm going to go to two short. Get in where you fit in. <laughs> a classic. Yeah, that's a hip-hop classic saying. Um, I, I don't really have much to say, man. I, 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 I got in to the crib, you know, running around Saturday, and, and I really – was looking forward to watching the game. I'm like, okay, so we sit down, got the family we're sitting there watching the game. I'm like, okay, let me go grab me some. And I mean, like, literally, I went from my living room to the kitchen to grab something to drink. I come back, <laughs> and the lead, the calves were down for like six. And I can't, I mean, I'm literally out the room for like two minutes. Mm. And the lead goes to like from six to like 15. I'm like, well, damn, what the hell did, they, you know, Harden hit a, hit a couple, no, I'm sorry, CP3 hit a couple of threes. And it was it was like on from there, man. And like literally by the end of the first quarter, I had no interest in. I mean, I wasn't even tweeting about it. People were tweeting me like, oh, did you see that? I'm like, I'm not watching. And somebody said, well, maybe you should just put it on his background noise. I'm like, nah, it's just a wrap. I might as well turn Netflix on. Um, I, I'll say this. I've always said that I'm I stopped short of questioning any athletes efforts or their heart because those are two things that you can't really measure in any athlete. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how bad they are. Um, but LeBron, his actions in that game, he checked out. I mean, I'm not going to say he quit, but mentally he checked out of that game because it really was about Houston punching them repeatedly. And, you know, the Cavs didn't want to fight back. And that speaks to a, 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 a it's, it's something bigger than that. It's more, and I'm sure years from now, we'll find out what exactly went on in this. We're already hearing things trickling out about LeBron cussing out executives and, you know, not being told and being upset about not being looped in on, you know, personnel decisions. He's frustrated, you know, allegedly about the fact that the Cavs had, haven't made any moves and he, you know, he's seeing guys like Blake Griffin get traded and all of this stuff like that. And, you know, I haven't seen anything to lead me to believe that Dan Gilbert is going to make any trades for the Cavs to get better uh, going forward. So LeBron pretty much is going to have to try to win with what he has. And uh, we really kind of hate making these conversations, you know, in February. But this, th- it, it's not like how it was in years past. This team is in a bad, they're in a really, really bad spot. Um, you know, have they quit on him? I, I think the Cavs as a team, they're giving the same effort that they see LeBron giving. And that effort that he gave Saturday, and I didn't see the game tonight, but the game, the effort that he gave Saturday night was piss poor. And they followed suit. And, you know, when you're, you know, when your body is, you know, you're showing emotions and you're not, you're kind of slumped over and you're not energetic or anything like that, your teammates feed off that. And, um, you know, so I think if LeBron wants to see more effort from his team, I think he's going to have to put forth more, and that's not to say that he's out here dogging it, because I think he he puts in the work. But I think he's just gonna he's gonna have to do something to elevate these guys because they're gonna feed off of him. And you know, if he doesn't bring it, and he doesn't bring it energy wise, I mean, and like Q said, defensively they're they're in bad shape, man. I mean, like they can't guard anybody, so it, it's gonna be tough, man. I, I you know we're hearing rumors that you know they're looking at DeAndre Jordan and George Hill, and you know, but. <laughs> is there any trade that's going to make them that much more better than what they are? I don't know. So we'll see, man. But, you know, the trade deadline is 
this coming Thursday at the time of this recording. So let's move there. Um, going to be several players February 8th. I think the trade deadline is February 8th, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Players will be on the move. Um, FIFO, who are some players that you think will be on the move? Oh, man. Um, pro- probably the rest of that Clipper squad is going to get gutted. Uh, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, they still have pieces that they acquired that they can still move. Uh, I think, obviously, Cleveland is We'll, we'll see. I, I I think Cleveland will be telling um, if Dan Gilbert believes he could re-sign LeBron, they'll probably make a move to appease LeBron. If not, and we know that you know this is going to be a power tug of war, then they won't make a move um, and just let LeBron do what he did, what he can do with with this squad and hold on to that Brooklyn pick. Uh, I think there's several players across the NBA. You know, somebody like George Hill that's stuck in Sacramento um, with, with, with the ascension of De'Ari and Fox starting to play well toward the middle uh, of the season going through the back end of the season. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of guys in the league that will probably move to playoff teams. Like New York got, got a couple of them, like uh, uh, Courtney Lee. You know, those are playoff type guys. Those are guys that can go help a San Antonio, that can go help a Toronto, that can go help a Boston. I know Boston is interested in Tyreek Evans. Um, so, so I think I think we're gonna see a lot of like mid grade guys like that make a lot of moves um, because I think that um, for the most part, there there's gonna be teams that feel that they can get a, a guy or two that'll put them over the hump. Um, and not necessarily to compete with Golden State, but to get to the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially in the Eastern Conference. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think I think we're still going to see a lot of moves, a lot of moves to be made. True, indeed, true, indeed. What about you, B? Uh, any players in particular that you think will be on the move come this Thursday? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Orlando shake up some things and. Probably uh, trade off either Evan Evan Fourners or uh, Aaron Gordon. I can see them blowing blowing that up. Um, of course, DeAndre Jordan. That's I mean, it, it talks of him being moved is for the past month and a half about DeAndre Jordan getting traded. And of course, by them by Clippers trading off Blake Griffin is it, it's like we starting to see the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, who else? Who else? Who else? I would see. I think. Yeah, uh, George Hill. He's been talked about a lot. I can see him um, getting shipped, shipped out and moved somewhere. I mean, they've been saying Cleveland for the longest. He's going to Cleveland. I'm like, what the hell he gonna do for Cleveland? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, th- I thought that was weird. Um, I w- I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind seeing if I mean I, I'm not saying this is a smart move, but like I can see Boston making a move. On, you know, for Marcus Smart if they think mm, the offers are right. Yeah. I can I can see Boston making a trade for Marcus Smart if, if the deal is right. Um, Hawks, I think they' about to blow it up. I can see them. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade off Shooter at Baysmore and try to just get some draft picks and just focus on the future. Um, and I think that's about it. I don't see my Pistons making any more splashes. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's okay. all I got. Yeah. Ken, what about you? Anybody in particular you think may be on the move come Thursday? Um, yeah, I think they did a good job of kind of covering covering guys that were out there. Um, 
I know uh, I saw Stein, Mark Stein, say Moutier is uh, is being oh, floated wow. out there. Yeah, he hasn't done much since he's been in the league, so he, he can do a change of scenery. Um, there's been talk of Ersan Ilyasova being shipped out, which I hope happens because that will free things up with John Collins uh, mm-hmm. to let yep. him play more. So that's more than likely going to happen. Something's going to happen happen there. I just saw that Derek Favors was was on on the market. Wow. Which was uh which was interesting. Oh yeah yeah yeah, Gortat. I saw he was on the market too. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I <laughs> which I thought was kind of crazy, you know, Mr. uh, you know, we 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 had a good team game. Uh, <laughs> taking shots at at, at, at John, John Wall. Wall yeah. Right. Yeah, which is crazy cuz man, I think uh Oh shit! Damn, yeah, FIFA and I we 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 buried uh, Washington last uh, last week, and then they go out. They've been playing five, some good five. ball here recently, though. Yeah, they won five in a row, so they're making us look bad right now. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much all I got, man. Um, all that I've seen and all that I I kind of know of. Um, so yeah, that's it. What about you, Q? Uh, anybody? you know, that we've mentioned or haven't mentioned that you think may be uh, on the move come Thursday? Uh, man. Yeah, I do. Um, LaBissier in Sacramento, he's probably going somewhere. George Hill, he's probably going somewhere. Everyone, I think Rodney Hood gets traded because pretty much Utah was looking for that guy after Hayward. And they tried to groom Hood into being that guy, but I think they see superstar potential in Donovan Mitchell. So I think that, you know, you can get some good draft picks back or a good player back for a guy like Rodney Hood, maybe in a deal with favors and get a good, you can get a good, a good guy back. Um, the entire Clippers team is available. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be able to really, or not anybody. I don't think Cleveland is going to be able to make an offer for DeAndre Jordan that's enticing enough to Jerry West, unless there's like a picking in there. And um, uh, we'll see. Um, I think Wesley Matthews is going to be available from Dallas, which would be a good pickup for a team that's right on the edge or a team that needs a uh, bench shooting and whatnot. Uh, I think Clippers are going to be contacting Portland a, a, a lot over Nurkic. And I think we're going to find a way to get a trade done for Nurkic and Jordan. Uh, I don't know. I, I heard the Magic are shopping Aaron Gordon to see his value. I, I don't know why they would do that, but it makes sense. Uh, if you just want to see where your star's value is, I think um, Hazonia and uh, Evan Fournier are on the market. Um, so teams are going to look look. They're going to be definitely on the search for guys of uh, you know, 28 talent, which is perimeter shooting. You can never have enough of that in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. so not, there's one more team I was, I was thinking about. Um, oh, yeah, the Sixers. Obviously, the Sixers are going to be looking to get at Tyreek Evans. Uh, we're, we'll, so we'll see what, what happens there. I think the uh, Memphis Grizzlies are looking for a first-round pick in return for Tyreek Evans, which I don't think is happening unless you are a team like Boston that has 3,000 of, of those. So we'll, <laughs> see, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think Phoenix, I think Phoenix, if they're smart, they'll make Tyson Chandler available uh, for like the right price because that, that team is not going in, anywhere at all. 
Um, that team is not doing anything, and I think a team needs a good rim protector. And I think Titan Chandler on a nice enough deal. It's still kind of steep, but you know, see, it's it's it's. Uh, I think he's got what two more years left on his deal or whatever. I think a team like the Spurs could use it. You know what I'm saying? You need guys like that. Oh yeah, and also Dwayne Deadman and Kent Bazemore. Yeah, yeah, who are yeah on, they're being on shot. The market. Yeah, I would love for the Sixers to, to, to pick up Dwayne Dedman, uh because we need a backup big aside from Amir Johnson, who is like forty-eight years old. But <laughs> you know, we need we need a guy like Dedman. and I think oh, there was one more team. Oh yeah, and Golden State is searching for more help, which you know they about to call in Jesus Christ and you know Megatron in or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> who, I don't know who they're gonna call in, but apparently they're looking for more uh, bench help. I think they're going to look for more glue guys. So look for them to target guys like Bellinelli. Um, you know, Houston, I'm pretty sure that Houston, Daryl Morey is always active. And OKC is always active at the trade deadline. And I think Avery Bradley is definitely going to be at the, at the top of their list ever, ever since the, the patellar injury to um, Roberson. So OKC is definitely going to be active because their defense uh, I think tonight they're doing pretty well as we speak against uh, Golden State, but against a lot of teams, their defense since his injury has been sinking since he went down. So they're going to look at guys like, uh, you know, Bradley. They're, they're definitely going to look at guys like him. And the Nuggets also, Ken mentioned in Moutier, also look, be on the lookout for, for Wilson Chandler. I think he'll be on the move. Guys can use that veteran leadership. And I think L.A. is going to be looking f- to make those trades. Jordan Clarkson is going to be on the move. So pretty much no team is safe from making the uh, move this uh, Thursday. But I think the most surefire ones, is I think we'll sh- for sure see the Clippers. We'll for sure see uh, Boston. We'll for sure see OKC. And we will definitely uh, see the Cavaliers make a move. True indeed, true indeed. Um, I really don't have anybody. I, I wrote a couple of names down. Uh, you guys pretty much mentioned everybody: Tyreek Evans, Lou Williams uh, from the Clippers. Um, I think the Clippers are really looking to blow that thing up. Uh, somebody mentioned Rodney Hood. Uh, the Jazz have been playing pretty good ball, so um, Rodney Hood is a possibility. Ken mentioned uh, Derek Favors earlier. Uh, B, I did have Stanley Johnson written down. I saw his name pop up in a couple of rumors. Um. You know, I know that he was because he's only been there what a couple of years, so I think he's twenty, twenty one years old. So um, I'm not sure about that, but I did see his name popping up, and then obviously DeAndre Jordan. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see, man. But it, it's I, I'm I I am of the belief that I think it's going to be pretty hot and heavy, probably within the next twenty four or forty eight hours, uh, because you have teams that are you know really really moving and trying to you know, put themselves in position to either clear up cap space for next year and, you know, just start <laughs> just start tanking or, you know, really kind of getting themselves in position to to make a run. And, you know, particularly teams in the East who see, you know, the, the see what's going on in Cleveland and they know that, you know, Cleveland winning the East isn't, isn't a necessary lock. And so, you know, like you said, a market smart, a guy like that, you know, who is – not necessarily playing the way that he was playing the years before. And he got guys behind him that's playing better. Uh, so, you know, he's expendable. So maybe you can pick up pieces. Uh, and, you know, a team like Boston, that's what they want. They want to be able to pick up as many guys because they know that, you know, they have a legitimate shot at dethroning LeBron. So, 
Um, I'll be interested to see how it plays out, man. And it's always good to see not just the bigger teams, but even teams like Q mentioned, like Philly, teams that are up and coming, add a piece here or there. You know, that might make the difference between you finishing in fifth or, you know, maybe fourth uh, seed or something like that and and seeing teams gel as as we move toward the playoffs. So uh, it's not always necessarily the bigger, the big name teams, if you will, the teams at the top. Sometimes it's the teams in the middle of the pack trying to make the playoffs to solidify their rosters. I think those really, really help as they move forward. Um, Speaking of moving forward, time for us to move on to a segment that we do right before we close out. Uh, You know it, you love it. Game played all across the world. One got to go. Of course, these are not the – they don't come from me. They come from my homie Eclectic on Twitter. Uh, You can follow him at one, the number one got to go. Basically, we give you four topics or four things to pick. You pick one. And it has to leave forever. That's pretty simple. That's the way it goes. Uh, so we got a couple here, man. Let's let's go. Let's go hip hop. Um, hip hop albums. Hip hop albums. Q. I'll start with you. Um, Speaker box. Love below. Outcast. The black album. Jay Z. Get rich or die trying. Fifty cent. College dropout. Kanye West. One gotta go. Speaker box. Okay, okay. You're getting rid of cast. Okay, okay. Uh B, what about you? Speaker box, the black album, uh get rich or dry trying or college dropout. Speaker box. Okay. Boys got a hard on speaker box. Okay. Uh <laughs> FIFA, what about you? Speaker box. Uh, Kenneth. Give me the four selections again. <laughs> uh, speaker box love below uh the black album get rich or die trying college dropout damn speaker box <sighs> yeah i gotta get rid of speaker box too. i hate when we all get we all agree yeah. <laughs> yeah that's gotta go all right let's go let's go movies um ken i'll start with you coming to america House Party, Bad Boys, or Friday? One mm. got to go. Mm. God damn. <laughs> Coming to America, Bad Boys, Friday. House uh, Party and Friday. I guess House Party, man. Okay, okay, okay. Dang. FIFA, what about you? Coming to America, House Party, Bad Boys, or Friday. One got to be go. house party. It has to be house party. Oh, gosh, these guys. Q, what about you? <laughs> Coming to America going nowhere. First off, going nowhere. Friday is going nowhere. And just off the strength of the Eagles winning, when, when Will Smith is not going anywhere. So it has to be house party. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. He figures a way to put him in. <laughs> what about you, B? Mm, man. Um, all these movies are pretty iconic. Though. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I hate to do this to my boy, man. I I, I probably got to go with Bad Boys, and I love Bad Boys. Don't get me wrong, I love that movie. House Party was just oh man, yes. that that shit was the, that shit was talk the to him, B. talk to him. That was that was the epitome of what I was going through in my in my middle school and early high school years, man. Like that House Party was it. 
That was yes, it. Sir. That yes, was sir. that was me and all my all my homeboys. Like that was our years going to house parties and shit. So I I can't for 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 personal reasons. I'm not getting rid of the house party. <laughs> so I just have to. I just just because of bad boys. It's like you said, Friday. I'm not I'm not letting go of Friday. I'm not letting go of coming to America. The house party personally touched me more. So I I have to keep that. So I just gotta say bad boys just off that just off okay, that. Okay. Okay. I agree. But, I agree a thousand percent. That's how you drive. From now on, you drive just like that. <laughs> no, man. Come on. Man, House Party was so hype. Hey, House Party. Hey, what, what, what was so hey, 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 Ken, that, that Ken, the, the dancing scene, the dancing scene in the yeah, living room. Come on, man. In the battling scene? Come on. Yeah, come on, man. That was so hip-hop, man. Oh, my God. Come on, Ken. Don't act like you ain't never tried to talk to two girls that were friends. I know. Tell them. Tell them, Ralph. Y'all tripping. Y'all can't take out Bad Boy. Bad, Bad Boy is the classic. No, it's I'm giving you, but no, I, I get you. I'm giving, but I'm saying House Party for me hits me on a personal yes, level than, yes, uh, than, than the other one. So that's that's why House Party's not leaving. Cause that's, y'all that's, should not. That's, act- that's shit I experienced. I experienced that shit growing up. So y'all I'm not should, letting go of House Party. You should not act like you didn't talk to the same girl at, at the party. I mean, two friends at the party. Don't act like you ain't never did that before. We all We've all done it. <laughs> All right, let's let's go hip hop, man. Hip hop crews, hip hop crew. You know, now nah, I guess we can call this hip hop labels, hip hop labels. Um, Young Money, Maybach Music Group. Uh, Q, I'll start with you. Young Money, Maybach Music Group, Top Dog Entertainment, a good music. One got to go. That's easy for me. <laughs> What you got, That's Q? Hard. That's hard. Now, just think about who's all in these groups now. Young Money, Maybach, Top Dog, and Good Music. I gotta say Maybach Music, bro. Yeah, that's my pick. That's the easy one for me. Not, Maybach for me. It's, it's not that simple because it's like everyone's gonna hear, oh, Young Money and think like, oh, Lil Wayne. All, all, Lil all Wayne, music, great. Oh, look. Yeah, Drake, 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 and Lil Wayne and Nicki. I mean, even though you might not be a fan of them, they 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 put a good foothold in the game. I mean, they did commercial, mainstream wise. But yeah, I got Maybach is easy for me. I mean, it's easy. This day, this day roster, all they roster like you had Stolly who was on there who's not on there no more. I mean, Wale released some subpar stuff on that label. I'm just going <laughs> off of like you know. I mean, I just. Maybach, it's just, that's easy for me. It's easy for me. Maybach for me. All right, well, tell me how you feel, B. <laughs> that's crazy. What about you, Ken? I understand. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's, that's easy. All right, say it one more time. Uh, young Money, think about the people in the groups now. Young Money, Maybach, Top Dog, or Good Music. One got to go. Young Money. <laughs> yes. What the yes. hell wrong with you, Ken? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I could count on Ken. I knew I could count on Ken. Drake, Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, and whoever else they signed. They signed Bow Wow, dog. They signed Bow Wow. But they also signed Game and Bust the Rhyme. Okay. And what did they do? So, Nothing. Hey, man. Bust it washed up, man. <laughs> that commercial was funny. Yeah, I did enjoy that one. Um, who you get rid of, Fifo? Maybach. Nah, I, yeah, I, I agree with Ken. I gotta go. I gotta get rid of Young Money on the strength of Drake. Get him up out of here. 
Can we name one memorable album that came out of Maybach? I can do that for, you know, Young Money. Yeah. Rick all I got is what? Teflon Don. What? That's all I got is Teflon Don. That's, 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 that's two Drake projects. Yeah, I, I I can give you Rick Ross. My now personally, I loved Rick Ross's last album last year from last yeah, that year. Was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. um, and the other one, um, Teflon Don, Teflon and, Don. Uh, yeah. and it was another Rick Ross album that I love. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it come to nah, nah. Let me look. No, nah, I like that. That was already too. Um, but yeah, it'll come to me. But um. But yeah, and I, and I'm not the biggest Rick Ross fan, but I I love those albums. But uh, but yeah, that's that's what I'm getting rid of. Get me back out of. I mean, I'm excuse me. Get Young Money out of here. Um, okay, let's go basketball before we get out of here. Um, okay, starting fives. I'm gonna pair two starting fives against each other, and you tell me which one has to go. Okay, Team A. And Ken, I'll start with you. Team A. Here's your starting five: Kyrie. Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, uh, Anthony Davis. That's Team A. Going against Team B, Steph Curry, James Harden, uh, Jimmy Butler, Carmelo Anthony, and Joel Embiid. One got to go. Oh. I really like Embiid, man. But uh, so, think, so think about the matchups: Kyrie, Russell, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, and and uh, um, the eyebrow, Anthony Davis. Yeah. Then you got yeah. on the other side, you got Steph Curry, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Carmelo Anthony, and Joel Embiid. One got to go. Jimmy Butler and Melo messed it up for me, man. So I'm gonna <laughs> go with the first one. Yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah, I'm going with teammate. As well, I'm going with Team A. Uh, what about you, FIFO? Yeah, give me give me the first squad too. Mm. Q, can you read the teams back to me one more time? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Team A. I got Kyrie, Russell okay. Westbrook, your boy Ben Simmons, Carl okay. Anthony Towns, and okay. then Anthony Davis. And then okay. Team B. I got Steph. Uh, okay. James Harden, Jimmy okay. Butler, Carmelo, and Joel. And hey, give me Team B, bro. I, I'm sorry, man. We splashing on them, bro. I'm like, nah. <laughs> and and, and we're walking up too. Nah, uh, crazy. Uh, yeah, I mellow mellow kills Team B for me. I got to go with Team A. I knew Ralph was gonna go with Team A because Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nah, not even that. It, it was more so mellow on Team B. Because when you let off with uh, Steph, James Harden, and Jimmy Butler, I said, oh, man, that's going to be a problem for the, all them little guys over there. But then when you went to Mellow, I said, oh, you're going to get cooked. <laughs> 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 all right. Let me, let me, all right, we got one more like that before we uh, move on to our final thoughts. Um, team A, LeBron. Uh, Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, man, you maybe forget what I'm talking about. Okay, teammate Le- uh, Le- LeBron, Lonzo Ball, uh, Greek Freak, Porzingis, and oh shit, what's my man name right here uh, with the um, T Wolves? Oh, Anthony Towns. 
No, no, they're not Carl. What's up? The young boy with uh, the, the Wiggins. Wiggins. Wiggins? Oh, I lose his name that fast. Andrew Wiggins. Okay, so let me go back. LeBron, Lonzo Ball, Andrew Wiggins, Greek Freak, and Porzingis. That's Team A. Team B, Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal, Paul George, DeMarcus Cousins. B all day. Give me that second squad. I want that second yeah. squad. Yeah. Give me that think, second squad. Yeah, I think Lonzo just kind of. Kind of kills. It's not it. even that. What is Lonzo doing there? <laughs> <laughs> he said, "What is Lonzo doing there?" Oh man! All right, one more, one more. We got a uh, hip hop before we get out of hip hop songs. Um, B, I'll start with you. Uh, Wu Tang Clan, Method Man, the song Method Man. Mm. Uh, Tupac, I Get Around. Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. Mm. A tribe Called Quest Award Tour. One gotta go. Method Man. Okay, okay. You get a mouth run in the mouth. Okay. Q, what about you? Method Man, I get around, Gin and Juice, Award Tour. Uh, uh damn, give me math, man. Okay, okay. FIFA, what about you? Award tour, gin and Method juice. Man. <laughs> Let me finish. Ken, what about you? It sounds like somebody putting a needle to the record. <laughs> <laughs> what are you stupid? Uh, oh, oh man. Hey man, I, the ladies are dance to the to to all of those um except method, man. Yeah, I gotta get rid of that was a jam too, but I yeah, I gotta get rid of the other the other three are a little bit more iconic as far as hip hop is concerned. So I gotta roll with those two. All right, man. So it's time that we uh wrap up the podcast. So it's time for our final thoughts. Up first is the guest, my boy Q to six man. Q, uh give us your final thought. My final thought, man, is that sometimes third time is the is the charm. Personally, uh, a lot of things in my life I have done for one and two times and didn't work out, you know, whether it came to be, you know, careers, jobs, you know, lady, lady friends, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes the third time is, is the charm. And that was true for the Philadelphia Eagles, where third time we went to the Super Bowl, we got it done. Um, if you listen to my soliloquy earlier, there's not much more I can say other than the fact that the city needed this and everything that has been culminating towards this, that moment on Sunday, you know, I called, I called Ken, Ken knows how hype <laughs> I was. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I call shout out Wes, uh, Janae, every, every, everybody who I contacted. Um, everyone knows how special that, that, that moment was um, to be a fan of a team that has struggled so long to actually just validate its fan base with winning something that's meaningful. And you can look people in the face and say, yeah, we did that. And then you beat the best to do it. And it it, it wasn't given to you. You've earned it, like fully earned it. The other team battled back valiantly, but you just took it from them. That to me is 
it's the Philadelphia way, man. They don't give us nothing, bro. They don't give us nothing, like anything. You know, we take what we have to get. And the team exemplified that when you want something, you got to take it. You know what I'm saying? If you think you deserve something, you got to earn it. And I'm so proud of this coach who got one vote for coach of, of, of the year, which is absolutely robbery, in my op- opinion. No disrespect to the Rams head coach, but that they got bounced out first round. So I don't know why he <laughs> coach of the year, but that's fine. One vote for Doug Peterson. Nah, that's gross. Uh, one vote for Carson Wentz. That's gross. Um, but no disrespect to Tom Brady. It's just there's so many blows that, that this team had to overcome for Poor us Tom to Brady. get to. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many, there's so many, there's so many hurdles that like this team had to overcome. There's so many obstacles that that we had to face, and every single time it was next man up, the next man up, the next man up. So for us to be watching that green confetti fall, and to see finally all the fans get to enjoy that moment. Third time really was the charm, and it was probably more special for me because you know what it feels like to taste defeat two times prior. But to finally get that sweet release of victory, man, it's like it's something that you can't really put into words. So Philadelphia, we did this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, 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 they can't take it from us. And my final thought is that I hope Chris Collinsworth got to his destination safely from all the dick riding <laughs> he was doing on on Sunday. Um, because, bro, I promise you, I hope that check cleared. But, Chris, the Patriots are not coming back. So, shout out to Philadelphia. Shout out Doug Peterson. Shout out Car- Carson Wentz. Shout out Nick Foles. I'm sorry for all the trash I was talking about you. But uh, we did this thing, man. And we finally got this ring. Very proud, and I hope that the teams who don't have rings can experience that to, that that thing soon. Like shout out to the Lions, shout out you know uh, Falcons. I hope they all get those rings, and I hope all those fan bases get to enjoy what we in Philadelphia fans were able to enjoy. No doubt, man. Falcons gonna be in the Super Bowl in 2019, right here. You heard it here first. <laughs> FIFO, uh, what's your final thought? Man, I keep it simple. Uh, LeBron, you know, you're gonna be a free agent. Great way of controlling the media. Uh, just, just don't do a TV special again. Uh, thank you, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. What about you, B? Your final thought? Uh, you know, since it's Black History Month, um, I want to shout out. Uh, talk briefly about Eldris Dickey. Eldris Dickey. Played quarterback for Tennessee State, uh, was a national black college football championship during the undefeated season in 1966. Mm. He was a three-time HBCU All-American. You know, despite his high draft selection, he never played a game at, at, at a quarterback in the pros. Uh, the Raiders drafted, I think the Raiders drafted him. They had him play wide receiver, and he played special teams for 11 mm. games. On, you know, he, he, he finished his career, ended up with five catches, 412 yards, Damn. and touchdown. And um, you know he uh, played. You know he got signed to the USFL Denver Gold in 1984, but he never played a game. Um, passed away um, from a stroke and at the age of 54. And you know, is this you know is this amazing? African American quarterbacks, Africans, they were often denied a chance to play quarterback because teams thought that they lacked intelligence. 
You know, mm-hmm. he had he and during that time he had he never took a snap on the center despite his IQ of uh, one thirty, one of the highest wow. IQs at that time. You know, in the quarterback position. You know, so just want to give you know just give a little bit of knowledge and a little history on on, on our black excellence man and and. Just want to shout out Eldris Dickey, man. Like I say, he passed away in 2000 from a stroke and uh, played, was was a beast in the, in the, in the uh, HBCU leagues, man, and just never got that chance because of because of the time. So that's why, you know, we thank the Doug Williams for Washington Redskins and all the other black quarterbacks that succeeded when everyone, when everyone told them that they wasn't going to succeed, you know. So because of his athleticism, they played him at wide receiver, and he just, he just never bounced back from that because he was a quarterback. He wanted to play quarterback. That's what he was. So, yeah, just wanted to give him my final thought about that. True indeed. True indeed. Good good points. Uh, what about you, Ken? Damn, be dropping the black history facts. There you go, my brother. <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking All about. Right. It's a black show. This is a black, <laughs> black show. Black. Yeah, don't y'all forget that. Don't y'all forget Ken that. Stupid. I'm just saying, man. Just saying. <laughs> um. That just reminded me, if you guys get a chance, uh, check out this article. I saw um, Wes Pendleton tweeted out about uh, Jackie Jackie Wallace. Um, okay. Great, great, great read. Uh, homeless. Uh, um, at Cinevale player who played in two, two Super Bowls. Check that out. Um, but my final thought. Uh, shout out to Janae, man. Um, you know, she... Uh, used to call in when we were doing the live show. Uh, big Philly fan. She was uh, definitely uh, enjoying uh, herself on IG, uh, Twitter as well, all over the, um, uh, you know, yesterday, today, Sunday, you know, since it went down. So uh, shout out to her, man. It's been a long time coming for them. And, you know, like Q said, you know, you you earned it. You You beat the best. Uh, one of the best to ever do it, and Brady. And, um, you know, I had a rant on, on IG because I felt <laughs> that, you know, uh, they were coming after blackness. And and Brady's loss uh, helped push that back. They, they coming again. They coming again because MJ just can't be the greatest player ever. It, it's just too much. Uh, in one of those posts, somebody said that I was a Brady hater. And um, I wouldn't go that far. I recognize him for his talents, his ability to win, his desire to win. Um, I don't necessarily hate Brady. I think I hate what Brady stands for. Mm. And Brady stands for uh, America, white privilege, you know, uh, to be a little bit more exact. And to Q's point earlier in his final thought, Philly earned that Super Bowl win, it wasn't given to him. And during this dynasty run by the Patriots, they were given a lot. They can argue against it. They can point to the wins. They can say what they want. But we've all seen it. We've all witnessed it. And that's why these theories, these conspiracy theories, this 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 Patriot hate that exists, it exists for a reason. Nobody's making it up. <laughs> So that's why in my earlier point when we were talking about who won and who lost, the reason why I said blackness won is because who's on the Philadelphia Eagles? Malcolm Jenkins. 
Who was Malcolm Jenkins protesting with? Colin Kaepernick. Blackness. Jenkins. Kaepernick. Protest. Versus the Patriots. Versus patriotism. Versus Trump. They said all year that protests were going to be a distraction. That Malcolm Jenkins couldn't concentrate and fulfill his duties. Oh, Malcolm Jenkins, he handled his duty uh, <laughs> a Sunday when he took out Brandon Cooks. What I want to say is congratulations to Philly. I'm happy for you guys. It's been a long time coming. It's been well-earned. It's one of my favorite cities. Great music, soul music, mm, jazz, yes. everything, man. And I started a couple of weeks ago, and I said I was going to pick Philly because it's the blackest of the two. <laughs> and that blackness rose to the occasion Sunday. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, man, that's that's funny. That is, that is funny. Yeah, shout out to Philly, man. Again, congratulations on the – <clears throat> Congratulations on the Super Bowl, man! It much deserved. And what'd you say? Free me. Oh yeah, free me. Yeah, free free me. Definitely free me. Um, my, my final thought, man. Actually, a little little somber note, man. Um, as you got, well, you're finding out now. Um, this actually will actually will be the last podcast that I'm going to be on. I'm actually stepping down as the host as uh, Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, I have a business opportunity that actually is going that has come about that is conflicting with our schedule here. So uh, I informed the fellas and this is going to be my last podcast that you guys will hear me on. Uh, I might try to pop in here and there, but, you know, for the most part, on a week to week basis, you won't hear me on here anymore. Um, It's bittersweet. I'm going to be honest, because it's been a good run. It's been a great run. Actually, Uh, we started this podcast Jesus, it's been about almost six years when I think about it. Um, many of you don't know, I actually came in contact <laughs> contact with these guys. Uh, I had a, a radio show, an online radio show called The 12 Radio Show. And uh, uh, a good friend of mine had reached out to me and she was telling me about this group called Dead End Hip Hop. And she said, her name was Monique. And she said, hey, I got these guys that they, they know hip hop and they want to come on your show and talk hip hop. And I'm like, Okay, Monique, we'll see. <laughs> and I really didn't think when she when she reached out to me, I said, "Okay, we'll see." And so I got I got bought these guys on. I didn't know anything about them, anything, nothing, right? So they come on my show and we're talking hip hop. I'm like, "Okay, these dudes." And so I started doing my little research on them and start watching the videos. And I was like, "Okay, these dudes, they know the hip hop." And so we got to be cool, man. And and then like. I don't know, maybe about a year later, uh, Ken and Ken had asked me and me, him and B. Matter of fact, we met up at the uh, up at the Chipotle in Midtown and we talked about, you know, starting this thing called Dead End Sports. And they wanted me to help, you know, and host, uh, you know, their show or whatever. And I was like, OK. And, then, and, you know, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like, OK, these dudes know hip hop, but do they know sports? Um, and then so I found out very quickly that they do man so it's been a great run man i got a lot of great memories just from running with these cats and and it's been a lot of fun and i want to thank everybody you know who listened and and you know got to know me through this podcast and my podcast and um you know to the fellas man like i told them you know i won't be here every week so you know my third my my tuesday nights won't be the same but i mean i got a lot of great memories man just from you know, some of the things that came to my mind as I was thinking about when I was driving home today, like thinking about, 
you know, Rod and FIFO <laughs> arguing about Kobe and LeBron, uh, which was a, a, a video that we never filmed, but it was just down like downright hilarious uh, filming, you know, talking off camera. Um, Ken going off on us <laughs> when FIFO said that LeBron had rolled D Wade's co- uh, coattails, um, which was our first video, and it was just downright hilarious. Um, the time where I threw a pass to FIFO and made B fall. <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> Priceless. Um, the time that Mike Mike C. Town showed up to a video shoot and he went to, we were on a basketball court and he went to shoot a layup and he shot the ball over the backboard. Um, <laughs> that was like one of the funniest things ever. So, man, I got a lot of great memories. Even like I remember the time we we uh, and, and by far, you guys know from listening to this podcast, B is the most, you know, calmest of, of the four of us. And we were talking about we did a video. We were talking about point guards. We talked about CP3. And you got to see the video. This dude is I've never seen him this animated about playing point guard and about CP3. Uh, so, man, I got a lot of great memories, man. So, you know, the movement doesn't stop. You guys keep supporting Dead End Sports and Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, again, I'll always be a part of this crew. Um, you know, it's like it's like Ghostface. If Ghostface does something else, he's still a part of Wu Tang Clan. So that's how I see it, man. So you know, thanks mm-hmm. everybody for the support. And um, you know, y'all see me around. I ain't going away. I'll still be around. So um, hey, Kyle. Um, yes, sir. Hey, man, you're going out with a bang, man. I'm glad you, you know it, it came on a loss for Brady. It's a good way to to, to, to sign off, man. <laughs> to sign off. Yeah. But we, we witnessed a lot of history, man, oh, uh, doing this show. And I, I just typed it out, man, just, just to go back through some of the first time, <laughs> some of the things we've seen for the first time and just uh, just some of the things we've seen over the last couple of years, like Seattle winning their oh, Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Pay Manning getting Hell another yeah. one. Uh, the Cubs winning their first World Series. Right. The Astros winning. Uh, the Cavs winning their first title. Cavs winning their first. Remember, we watched. uh, We watched. What was that? We watched uh, Mayweather Pacquiao at at B's crib. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And did a video. Did did a video. video. (laughs) Yeah. Did it right after that. Yeah. LeBron. I mean, the Kansas City Royals winning and going to this World Series back to back. Um, Nova UNC. Yeah. Oh, yep. oh yeah. That that was another one. Yep. The Warriors yep. <laughs> came. And uh and uh what else it got here? Let's see. Uh Philly, of course, winning their 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 uh Super Bowl. And then LeBron being in the in the finals every year we did yeah, every, every year we did it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's dope, man. We you know, it's it's been an honor. Um you know, doing the show with you, man, and and becoming a brother uh no doubt. No doubt. to me and then standing part of my family man and just just kicking it on here man and just chilling and hanging out and just witnessing history together man um memories that you know will last a lifetime and these shows will go on and last forever uh no, no. in infinity man so uh yeah man it, it's been great man no doubt but we can't forget we cannot forget <laughs> you know i can't ever not mention this. We cannot forget the Roy Hibbert episode. 
Oh yeah, we can't forget that. We definitely can't forget that. Yeah, you know, no. I gotta bring that up. We can't. We can't. We cannot. We cannot forget that. Natural black ass. Dog, I forgot about that until you just mentioned. We cannot. We can. We can never forget that. Like, why would we forget that? No. Oh shit. You know, I'm going back and watch that tomorrow. You're like Roy Hilbert. What the hell? Was a top five center in the NBA. Good God. Hey man. Jesus Christ. You know, I I don't smoke weed. I never smoked weed before. <laughs> I must have been high. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, oh, cute. Oh, you got to the, the crazy thing wasn't that you had him on the list. You defended him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, he defended him to the hardcore. He went hard. Hey, yeah. but you know how we do, man. When we, when, we, when we get something down, we stick with it. You know, like, y'all, and that's one thing I learned from y'all, like, just even watching y'all, and y'all don't. I, I guess y'all y'all do it so naturally now. Y'all don't re- necessarily recognize it, but like, if somebody likes an album, if somebody dislikes the album, and everybody else likes the album. Whoever disliked the album, they gonna stand on that. So I was like, okay, well, I gotta defend this Roy Hibbert shit because I can't back down. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <sighs> oh, oh my god, you got a memory, dog. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch that. My goodness, <laughs> you know, man! My goodness. But did we burn that video? <laughs> uh, we didn't burn. No, that. no, we didn't burn that one. I, think oh, it was I gotta go find that one. What was it? Was it on centers? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go find it. Yep, yep. I think Roy, <laughs> I think Kyle just killed Roy Hibbert's career too because Roy Hibbert right. never he ain't recovered. Been the same. Never recovered from that. Thanks <laughs> a lot, Kyle. Just, Hey, man. And, you know, I got to a point where I, I was like, okay, I'm never going back to where it look at, you know, you go back and look at the comments in this comment section. Man, I, I made a mistake one day going to the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> they were killing me. And I mean, like, it was like a year later. <laughs> Dang. It was like, I just found this dead end sports thing. I don't know what this guy's talking about. <laughs> Roy oh, Hibbert. man. Yeah, that's crazy. Woo! Boy, you, that's a good one. That's a good one, Keith. That's a good it one. It has been a pleasure, man. Right. It's, oh, been man. It's, it's, been, it's been a pleasure here, man. Definitely a lot of fun. I, I thoroughly enjoyed, and my kids will tell you, my family will tell you, thoroughly enjoyed looking forward to Tuesday nights. That's what's up, man. Yeah, they they know, they, and and I and I and I give them credit too for <laughs> clearing out the way and like, Dad, you got a show tonight? Yeah, all right, all right, okay, I'm gonna get out of here. And, you know, sometimes they'll come in and hear what we talk about, especially when we used to do the videos. Like for <clears throat> my oldest and my middle sons, they would when we were doing the videos, they would love to walk in. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know you was in. I'm like, come on, man. You know, I'm in here recording. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to be nosy because they saw the camera or whatever. But um, but yeah, man, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. That's going to do it for us. So for our boy Q coming through again, congrats on the championship uh, for FIFO, for for B. For Ken and for me signing off for the last time, uh, we this is Dead End Sports. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. 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 Peace.